here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. You can be the best. You can be the King Kong banging on your chest. You can beat the world. You can beat the war. You can talk the guy go banging on his door. You can throw your hands up. You can beat the clock. You can move a mountain. You can break rocks. You can be a master. Don't wait for luck. Dedicate yourself and you can find yourself. Welcome once again to the Voice of Wrestling Podcast. I'm Rich Grace alongside, as always, Joe Lanza. We're joined by a special guest who we're introduced here in a moment. But uh, what this is, is the first of many, many, many Hall of Fame podcasts, Hall of Fame articles, and basically just Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame coverage that we're going to do here at VoicesOfWrestling.com. It's our goal this year. Um, Joe and I had mentioned this going out you know, six months ago that we wanted to be the home of, of Wrestling Observer <laughs> Hall of Fame coverage this year. And I think we're going to be able to do that, Joe. I really do. We're, uh, we have some nice stuff lined up. We have some articles already on the way, already done, lining up people. Of course, if you'd like to be a guest, if you'd like to come on to the podcast, if you'd like to write something, we're more than happy to welcome you on there. If you have a thought about the Hall of Fame, we'd like to hear it. But Joe, uh, any thoughts before we get into this and introduce our special guest? No, I think we have a lot of good stuff in the can already uh, from a lot of good contributors. And I'm looking forward to... Uh to uh, doing all these podcasts as well. Absolutely. All right. So let's introduce our special guest. You might know him as the United States editor for What Culture, the lead writer for Figure Four Weekly, as well as a monthly contributor to Fighting Spirit Magazine. It's David Bixenspan. Bix, how's it going? It is going well. And I can tell that you were reading that straight off my Twitter profile. I was. Yes, 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 yes. Did, did, we mi- <laughs> did he miss any of your various plugs since you have your hands in about 19 different venues? That's what I was going to say. I mean, too many. Not right now, I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully not, because she didn't know. So, okay. So, anyway, Bix, welcome, welcome, welcome. And this is, of course, what we're going to do with this one. Uh, Joe, do you want to intro this a little bit? We're going to essentially just kind of run down the Hall of Fame. We're not going to go in depth about any particular candidates right now, but sort of give you an intro of what's going on here for the people that might not know. We don't want to assume everybody knows what the hell's going on here, because yeah, we actually don't know what the hell's going on, because we just spent 20 minutes trying to figure it out before. So. <laughs> what we're going to do today is basically just uh, give an overview of the ballot an overview of how the voting works, an overview of how the ballot works. And then from there, we're going to talk about some of the changes that were made because there was a pretty significant rules change that we want to get into. And actually, uh, Bix found a potential loophole uh, with, with that rule change that he's going to want to talk about, I'm sure. And then we're just going to uh, talk about some of the, the new people that were added to the ballot, not so much in depth but basically just to tell you who's new and uh, maybe some people who moved around the ballot as well. So we're, we're basically just giving an overview of what the Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame is today. And then in some of the future podcasts, uh, we're going to have some guests come on. And hopefully what we're aiming to do is do one show for each region. I believe that there's – what is there, six regions? That's correct, right? There's six total All the producer, regions. All the producer looked that yes, up. Yes, yeah, six, sure. six total <laughs> regions plus the uh, non-wrestler category. So uh, And what each voter is allowed to do – is a vote for up to 10 candidates uh, from, from each of the six regions. 
And then they can make, if they'd also like to, they can vote for up to five of the non-wrestler candidates. So you could have a maximum of 15 people on your ballot. The other wrinkle is you're not forced into voting for each region. You're only expected or asked to vote in the regions that you're comfortable in. To give you an example, uh, myself, I only vote in the United States, uh, Canada region, and the Japanese region. I don't vote Mexico. I don't vote Europe. I don't vote any of those other regions because I don't feel like I'm qualified enough uh, to know the ins and outs of all the candidates on the ballot. So I don't think it's fair to vote in those regions. So I just stick to the United States, Canada, and Japan regions. So each voter has the option to do that. They have the option to check which regions that they feel comfortable voting in, and then pick up to 10 candidates from each one of those regions, in addition to the up to five non-wrestler candidates from the non-wrestler pool, uh, if they so choose as well. You can vote for nobody if you want. You can vote for up to 10 if you want. You can vote for as many as you want. There's no uh, minimums or maximums except for the maximum of 10. The six regions are United States, Canada, Japan, Mexico, Europe, uh, and then there's this, this weird miscellaneous region, which confuses everybody, which is Australia, the Pacific Islands, the Caribbean, uh, which is mainly Puerto Rico. And then uh, new to this year is, is they've added Africa. And, uh, and of course, the, uh, the sixth region is the historical performers, which we'll talk about and explain the differences there and, and the potential loophole that Bix found uh, when it comes to that category. So basically, Dave sends these out uh, usually around the first week of September. He sends them to active wrestlers. He sends them to retired wrestlers, writers, reporters, uh, management figures such as uh, promoters and bookers, historians to get a different wide range of opinions and sort of uh, checks and balances. So, you know, politics don't get in the way. You know, wrestlers are the types that can hold grudges over one another and things <laughs> of that nature. So, you know, if you have writers and historians balancing that out and so on and so forth and and each category of voter, you know, is also going to favor different things. I mean, obviously, wrestlers are going to uh, probably more heavily favor, you know, who they enjoyed working with or who they thought was a great worker. Whereas a writer or historian, uh, you know, may lean towards guys who were great draws. So uh, there really is a lot of diversity in, in the voting as well. Um, so I think that's basically it. That's essentially how it works in a nutshell in the most uh, concise way that I can imaginally uh, uh, describe all that. <laughs> but uh, what we're going to do is talk about some of the changes. And I think um, the one major change that Dave has adopted is we're going to start dropping people from the ballot uh, after they've been on the ballot for 15 years, which is modeled on Major League Baseball's Hall of Fame. Even though baseball has changed that to 10 years, I think either last year or the year before. But it used to be 15 years, and that's what Dave is going with here. If you've been on the ballot for 15 years, and it's your 15th year, and you don't receive at least 50% of the vote, which is a pretty high figure because 60% gets you in. 60% gets you elected. So if you're on the ballot for your 15th year, and you have not received 50% of the vote, you're dropped from the following year's ballot. And there are, I believe, 15 total candidates who are in danger of dropping off the ballot this year if they don't reach 50%, a few of which are very close to induction as well. So, you know, you've got people like Rock and Roll Express, uh, you know, and, and some others. Uh, Dick Murdoch comes to mind of people who could easily be elected or fall off the ballot, which I think is an interesting uh, situation there. Now, Bix, uh, speaking to that new sort of wrinkle in the voting, you sort of discovered what could be a loophole. Have you heard back from Dave yet and describe to people what you, what you found out? Well, not exactly. A loophole. I don't even know what you would call it. And no, I didn't hear it back from Dave yet. Uh, the thing is that part of the new rule is that 
someone can be brought back in two years if they fall off as a result of this. They can be brought back in two years if they age into, for lack of a better term, the historical performers category. Now, the thing is, at least up to this point, even though it's only called historical, it's only been used for wrestlers whose careers were, you know, peaked in the U.S. and Canada. Like, you know, there are guys like I think the obvious ones would be the Sharp Brothers who are Japan candidates, even though timeline speed wise, they should be considered historical performers. So right now, at least, it seems like someone like Dick Murdoch, if he fell off because he got less than 50 percent this year, he could come back in a few years. Whereas someone like Cien Caris, who would have probably a lot more time before he would have to come back, though, could not unless there was some other rule change. And I haven't heard back on that yet. And also, one clarification that someone mentioned to me that he emailed Dave about is that it's 15 years from the first time you were on the ballot. So if someone fell off and got less than 10 percent and then came back, the first ballot is the one that is counted as the start of the 15 years. Hmm. So in other words, the clock doesn't restart if you come back on. Right, and I'm trying to remember if Junkyard Dog, who was added this year, I believe he was on before, but I don't remember when. He was, yeah. Here, let me let me fire that up for you real quick. I know, um, I believe Dave mentioned that last year. Let me, ah, shoot, well, I a, can't find the exact year. Yeah, let me, a, let me try to find that year for you if I can. Sure, I don't think it's just Junkyard Dog. Wasn't Ultimate Warrior on the ballot at some point? That I don't know. I mean, I would Almost think positive. he was. I think he, I think he dropped off after one year, as a matter of fact. So mm-hmm. I believe so too. Yeah, let me let me try to fire those both up while you guys are kind of talking. Sure. So I'll, do, so I'll take over for the producer and do that instead. So so, so the so <laughs> the point is, the clock's not going to restart on these guys, according to the information that this person got from Dave. That's what you're saying, correct? Mm-hmm. Interesting. Um, now you you make a good point here because just to clarify for people. When people move, people uh, the candidates move from the United States, Canada region into the historical region. Uh, let's see, this year's cutoff, I believe, is 1984. Right. It's so it's 30 years. 30 years from when they their careers stop making a case for the Hall of Fame, something like that. Because obviously, it, someone like Pedro Morales still wrestled for a few more years. So, like Dick Murdoch, to use him as an example, I would think. He would only have a couple, few more years. I would think 89 would be the latest they can consider it, so probably wouldn't be till 2019 if he fell off. Here, here's the wording. The breakdown for modern and historical f- performers is 30 years ago or 1984. So if the last year the person was either a headliner or a key figure in the industry was prior to 1984, they would be in the historical class. So I'm glad you brought up Pedro Morales because he was moved from the United States-Canada bracket into the historical bracket this year because I guess in Dave's view, the last time that he was either a headliner or a key figure in the industry was 1983. Right. And that also means, I guess, that he can never come back if he doesn't go in this year because he is on the list of guys who could be dropped. Correct. And he would have, have exhausted his 15 years. Yes. Uh, and, the, and the Cly, yeah. So it, 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 it's, there's a lot that's unclear about this new rule. And in addition, another thing that you brought up, uh, uh, Bix, was that we don't know if Dave is going to be moving people from other regions into this historical region because, you know, you, you brought up the Sharp Brothers. They're a perfect example. Clearly, they peaked well before 1984. I mean, there's, <laughs> there's, there's no debate there. They may have been dead before 1984, <laughs> as a matter of fact. So, uh, you know, that's another question we've got to get Dave to answer because, uh, you know, when it comes to Japan and Mexico and these other regions and, and especially Europe as well, you know, you can, you know, I think that almost that entire region peaked before 1984 with the exception of a, a couple of candidates. 
yeah, for Australia, uh, let's think about this for a second. Australia, who would there even be where you could would consider? I mean, I guess Lewin was maybe still wrestling around, the, kicking around there for a while, but that's about it. Uh, Carlos Colon might be the only one who you can make. Oh yeah, because I was a, that that kind. Of, well, yeah, I was thinking in terms of people who were actually who were stars. Oh, in Australia. literally from Australia, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and you, and you look at Europe too. I mean, there's you know, it's there's a couple where like Otto Wands, where he he'd probably be beyond 1984, but the rest of these guys are essentially pre 1984 as well. So how long are we going to keep these guys on you know the quote unquote modern ballot? And are they ever going to move to the historical ballot period? And that, and that presents problems, like you said, because it presents unfair advantages and disadvantages to certain candidates. Right. And also for guys who are added with the new regions, there's just the fact that if, if, these, if these regions had been considered more when they started the Hall of Fame, they probably wouldn't have had to be voted in, at least some of them. I mean, Europe's, Europe's a tricky one because of the way the promotion was structured in the first place. Well, at least England. I should say England's tricky because of the way the promotion was structured in the first place. But it, it seems almost like there are guys eventually who should have gone in in the first class that could somehow fall off from this or from other rules. Like, you know, for me, the, the guy who I am most worried about falling off this year is seeing Karras. And we should probably read the whole list. Okay, let me run down the list, and then you can expand on your uh, C and Cars thoughts. We've got mm-hmm. Gene and Ole Anderson, uh, C and Cars, Carlos Colon, Grand Hamada, Volkan, Owen Hart, Gorilla Monsoon, Fabulous Mula, Pedro Morales, Dick Murdoch, Rock and Roll Express, uh, Seiji Sakaguchi, Jimmy Snuka, Wilbur Snyder, and Jesse Ventura. Now, again, those 15, I believe, candidates there. They are in danger if they don't receive at least 50 percent of the vote this year, as opposed to the usual 10 percent cutoff for everybody else on the ballot. They will they're going to be gone. They're going to be off the ballot. So 50 percent, which is a very high figure. Yes. Also, it's worth pointing out Ventura is a non-wrestler candidate. He's he's on the ballot for his announcing. So does he when does he age into being a historical figure when he left WCW? So basically 10 years from now? That's an excellent point. That's another thing that's never really been made clear for any of the uh, uh, non-wrestlers. I mean, you know, Bill Lapter, you could argue he's still, you know, relevant today. I mean, you can make that argument. So it's 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 very difficult. I don't know. It's a very good question. Right. Also worth pointing out for the non-wrestlers that, that they are still regionalized. They, they go against the region total. They are not, it's not a non-wrestler bucket in terms of who got how many votes out of the non-wrestlers. Like when we, when we had our whole little tiff last year about me doing my no vote for Japan, I had forgotten that I voted for Takeshi Matsunaga. So I was already considered a Japan voter. Right. That's, an, that's another excellent point and something that we learned last year thanks to that tiff. Because, uh, like you said, if, 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 if you... I almost forgot about that. Yeah, right. hey, hi. Yeah, there you go. Everyone's good now. All it's, hugs now. I, I completely forgot about that until the next match. I was like, oh, right. <laughs> you know, that, that's an excellent point, though, because, because uh, that was a... We didn't realize at the time that the non-wrestler thing, just because you're voting for them separately, they're not independent of the regions <laughs> where they made their names. So if you're someone from Mexico who's voting on strictly the Mexico region, but then you decide, you know what? You know, I really think that, you know, Jimmy Hart or whoever belongs, even though I'm not voting in the U.S. category. Well, guess what? By voting for Jimmy Hart as a non-wrestler, you are now voting for the U.S.-Canada region. 
So that is another interesting point. And you bring up a very interesting point with Ventura because now there's sort of some sort of precedent there for moving people into that uh, um, uh, you know, in danger of being chopped list uh, from all of us. But then again, I guess Volkan and Grand Hamada are there too, so I guess that wasn't an issue to begin with. And Ciancar is the one you wanted to talk about, so why don't you go ahead and expand on that? Yeah, he is the one who I think is probably the best candidate in the most danger of dropping off. Because I think when you look at it, I think based on what they've done in the past, and especially last year, I'd be shocked if Dick Murdoch and Rock and Roll Express don't go in this year. I really would be absolutely stunned. I I would have to, I have the Observer open here. I don't think I scrolled down to the right part yet, but both came very close. I think the Rock and Roll Express came in within a handful of votes. You add this, I don't see a way in which they go in. And okay, here it is. It was last year, the top finishers that didn't get in were Carlos Colon, 59%, Rock and Roll Express, 55%, The Assassins, 53%, The Andersons, 52%, Carlos Lagarde with 52%, Killer Carl Cox with 50%, and then that's the end of the ones with 50 or more. Yeah, what happened with Dick Murdoch, I think, and I think Dave didn't flat out say this, but he did hint at it. Oh, yeah, Murdoch was 46, and since I mentioned him, Cian Carras was 45%. Right. And what and what Dave had hinted at but didn't come out and directly say was that a lot of Murdoch voters have either passed away or have reached a point in their lives where they're no longer voting because they're either just too old to care or have, you know, mental senile issues at this point. So that's going to hurt him. Uh, And it clearly hurt him last year because his totals dropped. But like you mentioned, I think people are in so much fear that some of these candidates are going to drop off entirely that it's going to add some votes. Uh, for some of these guys and bump up their percentages. Like you, I would be completely shocked if Rock and Roll Express doesn't get in this year because they only missed by, like you said, a handful of votes. And I think they're going to get a little bit of a bump be- just you know, for nothing else, just people making sure that they don't get knocked off the ballot. Murdoch still has a bit of a climb to go because of the drop he saw last year. Right. Carlos he Colon. was also Murdoch. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, Murdoch was also second among former wrestlers last year. So, Which, by the way, he does not give a listed out total too. He just only gives sure, kind of the yeah. highlights of that. Mm-hmm. And also, yeah, Carlos Colonna again is another one I'd be shocked if he didn't go in. He missed by because well, Joe didn't vote for him he, last he year. By, Joe, he, Joe killed him last year. So. I, I, Bix, I don't know if you know this story, but I, <laughs> I, 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 it was 11:58 at the deadline, and I'm staring at my email, ready to hit send, and Cologne was on it. And then I had like this crisis of uh, I just I just didn't feel like it was right to vote for Cologne because I didn't know enough about the rest of the candidates in that weird miscellaneous category. And I wasn't comfortable giving no votes to all the other guys, even though I wanted to vote yes for Cologne. So I changed my mind at the last minute, deleted them off my email and sent it off to Dave. And then, uh, you know, Mookie ran the numbers and he would have gotten in with that vote. So you you can directly blame me for him not uh, getting in. But see, here's the thing this year. I'm almost positive that I'm responsible for this King Kong Zaza getting on the ballot because I had mentioned it uh, in a thread for uh, suggestions for people to add to the ballot. And I, I, you know, unless people were banging down Dave's fax machine suggesting King Kong Zaza, I don't think anybody else was suggesting him. So I kind of have an excuse to vote that category now because I kind of feel obligated to vote for, uh, you know, my buddy King Kong. And uh, that'll give me an excuse to vote for Cologne this year. So if, if everybody else who voted for Carlos Cologne last year votes for him again, he's getting in because then he's going to get that one vote that he needs. But, uh, you know, we'll see. Also, I feel like he's kind of an outlier in that he is the only guy from the Caribbean that's on the ballot, even it's, though it's, he's in the cat. It's a catch all thing. But if you want to vote for him, vote for him. like it's one thing like where I was like, 
who was it that I wanted to vote for in historical? There was someone I wanted to vote for that I didn't because, or at least consider not doing it because I didn't want to give a no vote to guys who I thought could have a shot like uh, the Von Brauners and Saul Weingroff. Sure. And, but with this, it's like, it's just such a weird hodgepodge. I think you have to just kind of ignore it. Yeah, I mean, if he was in U.S. Canada, where I think he belongs anyway, mm-hmm. I'd vote for him with no – he'd be you know, the second person on my list right behind the Rock and Roll Express. He's a absolute no-brainer. Uh, I just you – know, I struggle with that category, and I did spend some time this year researching some of the other people who I wasn't you – know, who I was shaky on. But then they went and added a bunch. You know, now I got to go study Jan Wilkins. I got to study John De Silva, who I know nothing about. I couldn't tell you the first. John De Silva could be my neighbor for all I know. I have no idea. I don't know the first thing about John De Silva. So here we go again. But it's like you're saying. You know, this year I'm leaning towards just ignoring that and uh, and voting for him because you know he just he belongs. And and I see Dix's point as well because if you look at it, I'm trying to look through right now. Who who was the closest one other than Cologne in that category? Was I don't think anybody was any before. Even remotely Let's close. See. Yeah, I'm looking down. Mark, I'm scrolling uh, and scrolling. Carl Cox at, with 50%, and then Mark okay. Lewin with 48%. Yeah, so, I mean, you do get into that sort of issue, but I, I, I definitely see your point, Bix, where there's there's a guy who's clearly far and away, you know, sort of on that cusp. So I think a lot of people, and I think this year will be an interesting one because he was so close last year. I think this will be the year where a lot of people just make that and say, you know, sorry, you know, Mark Lewin, <laughs> you know, you might get a non vote, but Cologne, I think one way or another, will probably get in this year. I, I, I have no doubt, actually, that he would. But well, we'll see how it goes. Um, I had a quick question for you, Bix. Um, in terms of because a lot of people had talking with this this 15 year rule and the 50 percent rule. Is this going to alter your voting dramatically? Because we've heard from some people that said, no, I'm just going to vote the top 10, not care about that. I think Joe was one of those who said, you know, what, no, I'm not. I'm, I, I don't care. Then there's others that say, well, I can't possibly do that because I don't want these guys to drop off. How are you going to sort of approach this? I think I am going to do it just strategically to a degree, but it's not like I'm not going to vote for it's not like I'm going to vote for people who I don't think deserve it. Um, sure. You know, it's there, there are. I think there are more than 10 that would deserve it. And these are my 10 best. Like I was looking at on wrestling classics, Houston Mitchell, who uh, writes for the LA times and Dave uses him as his sports hall of fame expert of some sort. Seemed to, he seemed to think that people only think that the people on their ballot are worthy. Like I actually have it open. Let me see. And while you're looking that up, that's also where Dave got this idea for dropping people. After yes, yes, years. that was from Houston Mitchell suggested to him. So if if, yep. if you don't like the rule, uh, I'm not crazy about it. Blame Houston Mitchell. Uh, okay, so Steve, God, I always forget if it's Yo or Yoey, um, was posting a bunch of things in his own inimitable style. Um, how he didn't like the new rule. Houston Mitchell posts, Steve, I respectfully disagree. There may be a lot of people who think Dick Murdoch should be in, but apparently not 60% of the people voting or he would be in. If in 15 years, 60% of the voters can't agree he is a Hall of Famer, again, I say that shows he isn't one. It doesn't weaken the ballot. It's not the fault of the ballot that people were therefore pick the best candidates to vote for. That's not what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to vote for who you think of hall, are Hall of Famers. Not who you think the best guys on the ballot are. Having Dick Murdoch or any of the others off the ballot should have no effect on your voting. You should vote for who you think are Hall of Famers. Mm -hmm. No HOF balloting system is ever going to be perfect because it will always be impossible for people to agree on who is or isn't Hall of Famer. He keeps saying the same thing over and over. And who should or shouldn't be on the ballot. But I think (laughs) Zuru is a good one. Well, it was your idea. And uh, nothing's going to (laughs) finish the Hall of Fame or the voting process. I'm 
I'm right. That's what it sounds like he's saying, right? It sounds like he is saying, well, if you didn't put him on your ballot, you don't think he deserves to go in. That's not yeah, what and that's, and that's a, that's, yeah, and that's, a, that's an argument that a lot of baseball people get into as well. And Joe and I kind of follow that as well is where you get into this weird thing of saying, OK, look, you know, where, where you get this these people dropping off and, and, and guys getting, you know, a little bit bump per year. And then when they get closer to falling off, they get this even more enormous bump. And like Lylevin gets in, you know, in his final year because people are scared that if he falls off or whatever. And there's another party that has that argument of, look, if he wasn't on your ballot initially, he's not a Hall of Famer or whatever. And it gets it gets very dicey in terms of how baseball people sort of argue with that as well. But it's it's interesting to see that now carry over into the rest side as well because there there are people that that will sort of wait for guys and then as they get closer do a little bit more research and then they'll get in at the last bit and then some people argue that that's not fair and that you know it's sort of what you were reading there where you know hey if for 14 years he wasn't a hall of famer you know what makes him a hall of famer now you know he didn't do anything you know since then so it's it's a very interesting dichotomy that that kind of goes on well here's what i here would be my take on that uh his his argument sort of had only has relevance first of all if you vote for less than 10 candidates Mm-hmm. If, you're, if you're if you're voting for the full ten, there could be other people you think are Hall of Famers. You just can't fit mm-hmm. them on your ballot. Now, even if you're voting for less than ten, which I did last year, that doesn't mean that I don't think any of the people I didn't vote for are Hall of Famers because maybe I'll learn more about them this year. Maybe mm-hmm. I'll learn more about them over the next three years. I'm constantly studying guys and doing research on guys who I don't feel confident enough in, in voting for at this time. But I may decide to vote for them three years from now. You know, I I didn't vote for Dick Murdoch last year, and I don't know if I'm going to vote for him this year, but you know, maybe if somebody writes up a compelling piece or I go doing my own independent research and I see something that I didn't know before that pushes him over the top, I didn't think he was a Hall of Famer last year, but I do think he is this year. They, people reserve the right to change their mind. Right. And on that note, a lot of overlooked guys are being added. Case in point, uh, Missionarios de la Muerte, who, for those who don't know, are because they're listed as the individuals on the ballot, were El Signo, El Tejano, and Negro Navarro. If someone is voting for Mexico and doesn't vote for them, that person has no business voting on Mexico. They are a slam dunk. They should have been in from the beginning. I don't blame Dave for not knowing enough or whatever to not put them in at first. But that's that's they are a slam dunk candidate. If someone's voting for multiple regions, Mexico is ridiculously strong. You look at that ballot, for pretty much everyone other than Vampiro, there's a pretty damn good case that you could vote for them. If someone's voting for Mexico, pretty much every single person who's there right now, it is ridiculously stacked. It is by far the most stacked of the regions. You could vote for Mexico, nothing else, fill your ballot and have worthy candidates left over. Sure. That, so, and that's that's where it gets very interesting. Yeah, what, is that the but, fact that you don't get the unlimited? Yeah, yeah. That, and that's Go what ahead, makes sorry. his argument kind of full of shit. Right. Because there's a, well, there's a there's 11 non vampiro Mexican candidates all with very strong cases. So right there, his argument goes out the window because you can vote for 10 of those guys and you're going to have to make a tough Sophie's Choice type decision at the end there to mm-hmm. cut somebody off. That doesn't mean you don't think they're all fair. It means you couldn't fit them on your ballot. So, you know, that's kind of where his argument goes out the window as far as that goes. Now, let me ask you, Bix, do you vote on Mexico? Yes. Do you have any insight as to why some of these guys are just not getting in? Why is it so cluttered and why are they not getting in and what are these Mexico voters doing? I think for some people it's going to be like me where they're mo- voting on multiple regions and they have to make hard cuts. If someone's just voting on Mexico, why? then I don't know. I really – unless it's people who are making weird votes that aren't that informed and it's someone who's picking just one person that they're familiar with through American stuff that they like for some reason. Like someone on Twitter said maybe 
uh, original La Parca slash L.A. Park, that maybe someone would vote for him that's not that familiar with Lucha, and then he's counted as a Lucha voter. But I, it's weird, because a lot of people expected it to not be a problem for guys to get in anymore once Conan went in. Because the, the theory everyone had was that a lot of people voted for Conan that didn't vote for any other Mexican candidates. And it hasn't changed that much. Uh, it was also the Conan discussion that led to trying to get Dave to explain the rules better, which I don't think worked, but I think it's working better than it did before. Um, I don't know. Do you remember that whole little tiff or controversy when I, Conan went in? I do vaguely, yeah, and, and you're right about that. That was the theory. The theory was there were people who weren't familiar with, like you said, like like what could be happening now if people are just throwing votes at L.A. Park because they remember him playing the guitar in WCW. And, uh, and don't put it past that some people are doing that. <laughs> that is entirely possible based on some of the stories I've heard of why people vote and don't vote for certain people. And then it drags down the percentage of everybody else. But like you said, that, that Conan theory went out the window, and it's, it's funny because – it's nearly impossible to get in from Mexico. And then you have regions like Japan where people would argue it's too easy. You know, people have major problems with Steve Dr. Death Williams getting in through Japan. Last year, obviously, Tanahashi was a very divisive candidate. Not so much that he didn't belong, but that he didn't belong necessarily maybe yet. People wanted people to be more patient with somebody like Tanahashi. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, there's been other, you know, it seems like, and then you look at the Japan ballot and what's remaining, and there's not nearly as many strong candidates in the, in the Japan region as there is in the, in the Mexico region. So it's funny. It's the Japanese voters are almost too quick to put you in, and the Mexico voters don't want to put anybody in. Right. And I know there are people who are, I guess, you know, American Lucha fans and historians that, and I think the same has gone with kind of with with the with some of the known uh, European historians wondering exactly who's voting, because you know I know some people like you know Dave will always say to people like and I'll I'll mention it by name because this is kind of the type of arguments we're talking about Rob Bihari, who will say who will speculate about the type of people Dave's talking to and all that and or and the, okay so that means you know I'm gonna throw out a name Conan as a ballot or whatever. And, <laughs> but it's like, I, it's, I remember years ago, it, it would seem weird that, okay, if there's 71 people, I think it was something like that last year, voting on Mexico, then, okay, how are these people not settled? It's, it's weird. And then J Japan, I would say, just from who goes in, Japan seems like the one that high, of the internationals that has the highest proportion of people voting from that country. I would agree with that, yes. Because the, a lot of the guys who go in and the ones that we feel may be going in too easily or whatever are people who are going in by criteria of people in Japan who are fans in Japan or in the business in Japan or in the media in Japan that people in the West don't really understand. It's like, OK, Steve Williams, great wrestler, absolutely made his name in Japan more than anywhere else. But you know, really? And then Masa Saido is like, well, OK. And then with Saido, it's like, well, how much are they factoring in that he was a shooter? How much are they factoring in that he had success in the U.S.? How much is, you know, how much is, so much is the stuff like that. And it, it, they're very off the map when it comes to that. And I don't think any of the other regions are like that. I think for the most part, what the American Lucha fans and historians are voting on are 
going to be similar to what the ones in Mexico are voting on. Europe maybe a little different, but not as much. And it, it that for example, like I I said last year, I may, and I think I at this point since I don't think I'm necessarily voting for anyone there because of the way the rules changing the balance stuff. I think I'm probably just going to straight up abstain from Japan, and that's one of the reasons why. Sure. Yeah, that makes sense. And uh, you know, now for me personally, yeah, you're gonna you're gonna mix. You're gonna be somewhat strategic in your voting, as you've pointed out. Now, for me, like like Rich said, um, you know, this is hard enough for me. I mean, I agonize over a lot of these candidates. I'm going with my you know my best ten, even even if if I even have ten. And there's more of a chance I'll have 10 this year than last year just because I've done more research and I like some of the people that were added. But I'm just going with my best 10 uh, or my best up to 10, and I'm letting the chips fall where they may. I, 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 I'm not going to try to be strategic about it, so I'm kind of taking a slightly different tact. One other thing I wanted to point out with the new uh, being dropped if you don't get 50 percent of the vote, um, while that is modeled after baseball, Dave is being slightly more lenient than they are in baseball. And yes. I think this is an important point because – He's allowing people to stay if they get up to 50 percent of the vote. In baseball, once you've been on for your 15, and like I said, now it's 10, uh, once you've been on for your 10 years in baseball, if you miss by one vote, there's no leniency. You're gone. You're out of here. So Dave is sort of letting guys linger who you know, hypothetically would have a chance because 50 really is a high water mark. Yeah. And, you know, as far as letting it affect my ballot, I mean, I look at mine in terms of guys who could fall off this year. I mean, I voted for a few of them, and I think I will still vote. I think the only one who I will add that I did not vote for last year will be Dick Murdoch. Because I voted for Rock and Roll Express, I voted for Cian Carlos, I voted for Carlos Colon. I don't really see that changing. This just reinforces it. And because, like, they're guys who, like, I've considered, I considered voting for Volcan, but in the end, with all the strong Lucha candidates and guys who I felt were more deserving, I couldn't do it. I'm not, you know, that's not someone who I'm going to throw on my ballot because, like, oh, my God, Volkan, Volkan is someone who absolutely has to go on the Hall of Fame. He's a weird candidate. Incredible wrestler, but it's not like he needs to be in there. Right, right, right. And I think it's what's interesting is because it's the first year for this new rule, none of us really know how it's going to affect things. I mean, we're speculating that it'll give people that are close that extra bump, but... We really don't know. I mean, this could give enormous bumps to people who weren't even close previously. I mean, you know, I, just throwing a name out there, somebody like Jimmy Snuka, for all we know, could all of a sudden get this enormous bump just because people, you know, want to keep him on. Mm -hmm. uh, we, we, we really don't know. It's all speculation at this point. We'll have a much better idea after results come in moving forward for future years how this new rule is going to affect things. But I, I really think it's interesting that there's several candidates, the Andersons, Carlos Colon, um, Rock and Roll Express, Dick Murray. Murdoch and a couple of others who really a CN Carus is another one who really can go either way. They can get elected or knocked off just as easily. I well, so, oh, go, go ahead. Next. I'm Sorry. also I'm pretty scared that this will enable Mula to get voted in. I, <laughs> I who I said something like this on the Observer Board I think yesterday. Mula may very well be the worst candidate on the ballot. And you know what? I'm gonna be frank and say here what I did say on the board because I thought Dave 
would think I was trolling him because it came out somehow it came out of me joking about something Joe had said and saying Edge was a terrible candidate when I don't think he's a terrible candidate but somehow it led to me comparing people we came near and one of them was Mula and I said Mula was the worst candidate on the ballot and I made some cryptic comment basically my feeling is is that if you've read Dave's bio of Mula once he died you know that she was um sort of forcing women into sexual slavery and <laughs> it would it would honestly not shock me if there are older wrestlers and promoters who vote for her because they value that. I it really wouldn't because it's wrestling and wrestling is screwed up and yeah. <laughs> if we well we know people let's put yeah. it this way we know people who didn't vote for certain people because they didn't know the name of the O'Connor role. We know people who voted for who they referred to as Takahashi last year because <laughs> they thought that he sold out the Tokyo Dome. And with that in mind, it would not shock me for people to vote for Fabulous Mula because of things that they like that in the real world are terrible things. Yeah. Uh, Yujiro, a much bigger uh, draw than we ever thought, huh? Yujiro <laughs> had a lot of write-in yeah, and, Oh, when I, posted, when I tweeted about that, I was so pissed, even though I'm not really a New Japan fan, I know who Yujiro is. I'm so pissed that I didn't think of that when I was tweeting about Takahashi. I, yeah, that's all right. That's Snuck all right. it into <laughs> the joke. this year. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, one thing that was interesting as well, I was talking with Dylan Hales about this a little bit, and we, we were talking about, you know, the 15-year mark. Something that was interesting to him is he said, you know, in the, in the short term, we're looking at some guys that might get bumps, but long term, it might be interesting that you might get to a, uh, an issue where tons of guys drop off every single year and that you get a lot of modern candidates that might not look that good but because people want to fill out that 10 they might see you know they might become more worthy candidates only by the virtue of there's not as many guys which would be interesting I, I think he's going to do a little bit of study there to see sort of people that could fall off but this could have a potentially huge thing especially with that 50 percent threshold which could drop a ton of people off every single year yeah, we. I, I wish more of the issues were online. I mean, maybe day. I, I, I would it's think it's so hard to find them. Well, by the way. I've, I've been trying to find them for the past like twenty. Well, because I want to keep. Tra- I want to keep track of who went on when. That's. I would love to do it. Yeah, if you can find that out, let me. Maybe know, I, I would think the best. I would think the best it. place to look for the pre two thousand eight stuff would be to check the threads at some place like Wrestling Classics because that would, okay. that is probably the longest standing board that had regular Hall of Fame discussion. Or what you can do, uh, Rich, is send Dave an email. And yeah, actually, well, in yeah. your case, in your case, keep sending him emails because <laughs> you're, you're someone who – listen, now listen. I'm going to say something here, okay? You're somebody who badly wants to vote, who's clearly going to take it seriously and not vote for Takahashi or not vote for guys who don't know you what don't know the, that. What you don't know is. Girl, so. You're a guy who wants to do it. You're a guy who will take it seriously. You're a guy who's done very interesting studies. You did the Randy Orton study, which you're, I'm sure you're going to shove down people's throat, I guess, in two years when he gets on the ballot. Uh, you know, you did the the Randy Orton study that showed that he's never been a significant draw. You're currently working on a Brock Lesnar uh, uh, piece, uh, breaking him down. Um, just uh, a Gordy list with Brock Lesnar. Uh, you've done several interesting things. You're someone who clearly deserves a vote. You're clearly somebody who wants a vote. And it really is just a matter of hammering Dave with emails. Yes. <laughs> because then he's going to reply back to you with one of those completely random emails because a fun game that people play is what email did Dave reply to you with <laughs> yeah, to give you your ballot yeah. this year? And Bix, I'm going to ask you, uh, what email <laughs> did he reply to to give you your ballot this year? He replied to the same one he replied to last year. That's a common trend. Which yeah, is, what, what was Which that is, one? what was up with the demonic voice on the UFC 159 pay-per-view? 
<laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, Joe, what was yours? That might be the winner. It's, that's the winner in the clubhouse that is, right now. Always, everything I've heard. the yeah. winner, and I'm glad that he used that one again. <laughs> Didn't Jose, uh, Jose Fernandez had a really good one last year, but I forgot what it was. I, yeah, I can't remember either. Uh, but uh, mine was actually different than last year's. Oh. Uh, last year's, he replied to, um, I believe the email, it was about the uh, Paul Bosch, um, uh, the NWA Paul Bosch uh, show that they had in Houston last year. I sent him some tidbits and news bits from that. This year, he replied to Voices of Wrestling Match of the Year poll. Uh, which he did not vote on, which by he, the way. Which he didn't vote on, but, what a jerk. but he kept the email. <laughs> and that's the email he chose to reply to to send the Hall of Fame ballot. Now, Rich, that's that bodes well for you because it means Voices of Wrestling is on his radar. Dude, he gets a lot of emails from me, so I'll just keep – uh, I'll increase that by – You've got to keep plugging away. And also, <laughs> keep checking your email because I know of voters who didn't get their ballots until like today and yesterday. Mm-hmm. So, well, he sends these out all individually because Dave, Dave, with his unique relationship with copying and pasting, um, does not just – well, you know <laughs> you what? Know. I, I could see why because it could get marked to spam and stuff. So I can see why he would, would, would want to send them out individually. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure he's thinking it through that. <laughs> I don't think he knows about blind carbon copies well, also, or, well, or well, mailing lists or anything like that. Who knew that Juno would retain so many of your emails if you are one of the people who still use Juno? Well, you know what? I, we, I'm shocked that one day they just didn't delete We may it. have solved the mystery on why he's still using Juno. Maybe they have some awesome system over emails <laughs> that, you know, Gmail and Yahoo are not utilizing. Uh, but Yahoo, Yahoo, even Yahoo's old at this point. Uh, so, you know, who knows why with the Juno. Um, why, don't, why don't we do this now? Let's go over each um, region and just mention what's new, who's new to the ballot from each region. Mm-hmm. And then maybe give some brief thoughts on those candidates. And I know, Rich, uh, while we were talking, I know you were kind of cross-referencing the lists. Are we ready to, to do this now? So- I think so, yeah. There, there might be a few that we might miss, and people can, of course, let us know because we're the biggest idiots in the world. But we're doing the best we can with, with, with the info. But, yeah, I think we, I think we got it pretty oh, good. Oh, you know what? And actually, I, tell, I missed so. a move from uh, modern U.S. Canada to historical that we didn't discuss earlier. Okay, well, one of those is – well, why don't we just do that right now? One of those is yeah. Pedro Morales who was moved to the historical. Who's the other one, Bix? It was uh, Johnny, Mr. Wrestling 2 Walker. Oh, there you go. Okay. Because I was trying to figure out, wait a second, I voted for him last year, and then I remembered that he was in historical, that I abstained from historical, and he got moved. You know, I'm glad you brought that back up because I voted for Pedro Morales last year, and I will not be voting for him this year because I don't vote in the historical category. Mm-hmm. So and now he's not even close to getting in anyway. And in fact, I don't even think he's going to get the 50 percent. So I don't think it's going to be an issue. I think he's going to get dropped. But, you know, that's a little wrinkle, too. Yeah, He had 22 last year. Yeah, for, So he's, he's going to so. be history and he was never getting in regardless. But that's a little wrinkle, too, where when guys move from one category to the other, sometimes they lose votes. Like this is a good example. I'm not going to vote for him now. Cause, and you know, also, I, if he had one more year, he could have gotten back on. True. True. A lot of interesting wrinkles with this new rule. <laughs> a lot of interesting wrinkles. And a lot of emails are going to be sent to Dave when, when we uh, finish this podcast, I think. But uh, let's go to the uh, Modern Performers U.S. Canada and the new candidates there. And you guys can uh, correct me if I miss any. I believe it's the Junkyard Dog. I could not find when he was. He was previous. I could find info that he was definitely previously on the ballot, but I cannot find exactly what year it was that he dropped off. So, or when he started. Rather. All right. So, so we don't know. But he was on for sure. So yeah. we don't know how many years are left on his clock. So his clock is ticking, yeah, we, or has ticked, or yeah. Right, but we know he's back on. CM Punk, who is a brand new candidate this year, and Ultimate Warrior, who I am almost positive was on the ballot. I recall him dropping off at some point. And, yeah, same deal. I couldn't find exactly his origin, I, but I could find for a fact that he was. I think on, he so. had a minuscule percentage too, a like it was ridiculous. Yeah, I think he lasted exactly one year and barely got any support. Now, to explain to people who may not know, the way you can get added back on. 
uh, like the Ultimate Warrior did and by the and how the Junkyard Dog did and some of the other people we're going to talk about. There's two ways. Voters can sort of suggest to Dave people that uh, they think that they're going to vote for who they may not have voted for in the past. And I suspect that that's how Junkyard Dog got back on. In fact, I know that's how Junkyard Dog got back on because the second way to get returned to the ballot is to do something else significant in wrestling that would improve your resume, which that's probably how the Ultimate Warrior got back on because he obviously drew some money this year at WrestleMania and uh, you know, being the focus of the network around that time and being the headliner at the Hall of Fame ceremony. Well, and, and he uh, died. And he, yes, and he died as well. Yeah, but uh, he definitely drew some more money this year, uh, which added to his resume, hypothetically, uh, which is why I think he was uh, put back on the ballot. So that's how guys get back on. So And CM Punk, of course, is a first-time candidate. So mm-hmm. we've got three there, maybe some brief thoughts. Um, you know, uh, Bix, is there anyone uh, that you feel strongly about here that you want to say a few words about? Uh, well, Junkyard Dog is someone I asked to be put on the ballot. So I... I feel like a I would feel like a dick if I didn't vote for him, but the the, the ballot has definitely changed this year. So I mean, I think I still will, but it's I you know obviously I asked and said I would vote for him, not anticipating a change. Like this. <laughs> um, Just like Joe, yeah, you guys now have to guilt vote yeah. people that you got on the. I ballot. mean, it's yeah. like here's the thing, JYD. Yeah, he does not have longevity on his side, but he took a a territory that was not much of a happening territory and a city that was not an especially hot city for wrestling turned into one of the hottest territories in the country and maybe the hottest city for wrestling in the country at that point being new orleans in mid-south and there are very few guys who can say they did something like that yeah i mean he's someone who i'm strongly considering throwing a vote at um i'm really gonna dig deep and look at the drawing record down there and i i think um you know that's clearly where he's going to cultivate any sort of support was, you know, his time in Mid-South. I don't think he did anything Hall of Fame worthy except, you know, possibly add some icing on the cake in the early days with WWF when he was arguably the number two babyface at points. But that's certainly debatable. But, yeah, he's someone who I'm, I'm definitely going to dig deep on and, uh, and and consider putting a vote towards. So uh, now Ultimate Warrior, um, I don't feel like um, – you know, the, the Hall of Fame stuff is enough to, to, to change enough people's minds, probably not even enough to keep them on the ballot. But you never know, because the death bump has uh, has definitely done things for people in the past. What's your take on that? I think the death bump could get him over 10 percent. But the the new rule is kind of just a wild card when it comes to all of that. Like are people there? There are people who, especially if they didn't fill up their ballot, would vote for guys just because like, OK, I don't want them to fall off the ballot. Now you have to – there are people who, if you don't want to fall off, there's that whole other threshold and you have to vote for someone stronger. You can't really have a pet low-end candidate like that anymore necessarily. I think it would help – it would have helped them a lot if there was definitive proof that Warrior Week greatly increased network numbers. But at that time, the network numbers were so poor that I don't think that's going to help them anyway. So, And the one thing that was interesting with him is I believe, and I don't know, uh, Bix, you might have the confirmation on that, but didn't the Goldberg DVD actually do better than his DVD? He, I believe so. It came out earlier, though, right? Uh, I believe so, yeah. I, I forgot the exact I think Goldberg time, I came out around fact, January or February, and Warrior mm-hmm. came out, like, what, the week before WrestleMania? Something like yes, that? Yes, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the Warrior yeah, the Warrior DVD didn't do that well. No, it did not, no. Which, which is interesting. Yeah. Yeah. 
I, I would have not guessed that, but yeah, it did not do very well. So yeah, you know, could, without knowing yeah, the network and numbers. And yeah. yeah, and combined with the fact that Warrior Week clearly didn't, you know, provide any sort of meaningful bump in the network. I mean, it just, you know, I, you know, I, I'm not sitting here trying to bash the dead, but it just lends credence to the fact that he wasn't the draw ever that pe- that some people tend to think that he was. Well, you know what? We <laughs> don't know when they picked up the added subscribers because remember, there's the whole thing with the ad and then the canceled and. Sure. You can say it's maybe ended up being like 830 total, but we also don't know if any were counted twice. And But regardless, we don't know when that amount went up. And maybe it did go up the week after WrestleMania, and we don't know because, remember, the number we got was the number the morning of the day after WrestleMania. Yeah, yeah. So, the yeah, number that, between then and then the, the most recent right. one. Absolutely. And I guess uh, now's a good time. Something I missed in sort of my opening overview of how the Hall of Fame works is the criteria which we never actually discussed. <laughs> that might be important to, uh, for yeah, people to know yeah. why we're voting for these people. I'm going to read it's it directly. It's important to us, and it's important yeah. to the listeners to hear why we're voting for them, but there are a lot of voters who it's not that important to. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, that's a completely separate topic. But uh, here's the criteria as it's written by Dave and what you're supposed to be using to vote. The criteria for the Hall of Fame is a combination of drawing power, being a great in-ring performer, or excelling in one's field of pro wrestling as well as having historical significance in a positive manner. So there's three components, drawing power, a great in-ring performer, or if you're not a wrestler, being great at your field, meaning somebody like Gene Okerlin or Howard Finkel, and, uh, and also having historical significance in a positive manner. Now, you, it says a candidate should have something to offer in all three of the categories or be someone so outstanding in one or two of those categories that they deserve inclusion. The trend that we've seen over the years is the quickest and easiest way to get in is to be a great draw. If you are a great draw, that is your quickest path to the Hall of Fame. That seems to be, of the three criteria, the one that the voters take the most seriously. There have been a small handful of guys, not as many as you would think, who've gotten in strictly on ring work or that you could even argue have strictly gotten in on ring work. And then uh, there's the influence, uh, the historical influence in a positive manner, which is always, you know, a lot like ring work is, is sort of one that's uh, that has a, a deep basis in your personal opinion, which is why these, th- you know, arguments get ugly sometimes and things get interesting. But yeah, just wanted to quickly go over the criteria since maybe the most important part of what the ballot is made up of. <laughs> I failed to mention in the beginning because we were so woefully unprepared for this and we're doing such an awful job. But anyway, uh, those are the three new candidates for uh, for U.S. Canada. CM Punk, of course, who we haven't talked about. And Bix is probably going to stay out of that one. Uh, he's, a, he's a new candidate. I, say, I don't have to. I mean, I, you know, I think he's going to do reasonably well. My feeling is he's going to fall a little bit short. I think people mm-hmm. want to sit on him for a little while. But he's definitely someone who I think has a very good chance of getting in in the future. Certainly a lot of arguments surrounding him coming forward in the next few months, definitely. I think I don't think he drops off. I don't think that happens. Uh, no, 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 I don't think so. I, the big question for me is whether or not the walking out in retirement helps him or hurts him. I think it'll hurt him with uh, retired wrestlers, maybe even active wrestlers. You know, it could help him with active wrestlers if they feel he was the reasons that he left were principled and he was standing up for them. Yes, and I think it could help him with historians who are sometimes not inclined to vote for active wrestlers. True, true. But, the, you know, the retired wrestlers was a demo he wasn't going to do well in anyway, I don't think. Well, based on when – I don't – when was the context of the thing that Dave Meltzer said about how older wrestlers except for Austin and Bret Hart Bret don't Hart. like yeah. his work? I don't even remember how that came up. That was – I think it was just a piece that just kind of got thrown into a random um, – I think it was – was it last year's ballot when he mentioned when he, oh, the introduction? When I, remember, was, I remember reading it. I don't recall when it – 
who was going to be added, maybe. Yeah, I thought he was in that one. I don't know when it was. I, I remember just kind of being a throwaway line that didn't really come with any Which more context than that. I don't think that, is but... completely true. Um, just anecdotal from stuff I know. I'm pretty, like, I know that, you know, he, he was pretty close to Harley Race for a long time. I mean, that's just one that's off the top of my head. Right, right. Yeah, I think, uh, who knows, but I think that eventually he's definitely some, I, I, my gut says he'll get in at some point. I just now, don't think he'll get in this year. In the grand scheme of, the, of modern WWE candidates, though, aside from your slam dunks like Asina, where does he sit, though? I feel like he's better than Edge. He's certainly better than Orton. But I feel like almost, except for Daniel Bryan, who I believe is eligible next year, I would put him below Bryan because I feel Bryan is a guy who does satisfy the so outstanding in the one area. Yeah, he excels he in that, be, yeah. That he should be a first battle cop. Certainly. And, oh, by the way, headlined a WrestleMania that did, you know, incredible business, which is just icing on the cake at that point. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, well, I, even before all that happened, when it, when I was trying to calculate when would be considered his debut for when to go in, I think I was emailing with Dave about it. I was, I was thinking pretty much I would vote for him first ballot. I think Joe and I said that on our last year when we covered the podcast that he was just uh, just off, the, as you mentioned, the excelling in the in-ring and just the amount of awards he's won and that sort of stuff that he, he no matter what, if he retired tomorrow, if he never wrestled again, he's he's Which unfortunately might happen. <laughs> yeah, so he that's might a reality at this point. That, yeah. But yeah, he's a no-brainer to me. I'm going to vote for him the second he's on the ballot. But, uh, and I, I'm with you, Bix. I think Punk's just under Brian and just under Cena. But then as far as other contemporaries, yeah, I mean, I put him above an Orton. I put him above an Edge, who's, who's on the ballot as well. i tell you what, what um, about Batista, who fell off? Yeah. The, uh, I, I didn't vote for Batista, but I kind of I didn't like that he fell off. I mean, maybe it's... T- I think people probably reevaluate re- him better maybe in a couple of years. I think probably becoming a movie star will help him with some people who it shouldn't help him, where it shouldn't really help him. But I, I think he will get back on the ballot within a couple of years and will probably not fall off that time. I think it's pretty easy to put Daniel Bryan over someone like Batista because uh, Daniel Bryan took Batista's spot earlier this year. But Batista is also the, you could argue, is the biggest draw of all the guys we're talking about. Yeah, and it's interesting because he's yeah. the one who fell off. So it's it's really crazy. Uh, the, some of these modern WWE guys, the opinions are just all over the board. Yeah, you got Brock Lesnar as well, who we haven't even mentioned as well as an interesting and one. And there's, sure. the always... there's the whole thing of kind of how do you measure it? Do you measure it different from past eras? And I think you have to to some degree, but not as much as some people do. Like, you know, with like the way people – like Kurt Angle should not have gone in right away. I think he probably would have gone in eventually if they – because remember the rule changed right after Angle's debut because from it was 35 years old or 15 years in the business to 15 years in the business or is it 35 with at least 10 years or 40 with at least 10 years? 35. So, okay, so 35 with at least 10 years. So he would have he it would have been wouldn't have been till he had 15 years. So it wouldn't have been till last year, right? Because he made his debut in '98. Yes. And I think he probably still would have gone in, but I think with so much that happened with the drug problems and the DUIs and being in TNA and all that, I, it would not have been nearly as overwhelming. As well, it was. here's another factor. It's a bit morbid, but I think a lot of the old time wrestlers who love him because of the, you know, the fact that he's a legitimate wrestler, a lot of those guys aren't around anymore. They couldn't have voted for him because they're dead. Well, wait, what year did I, he go in? Was What was it? Oh, four or five. It was really early. Kurt Angle. It was as soon as he was eligible, so it was right when he turned 35, right? So, so that yeah, was, let, me, let me find out for you here real quick, yeah. Oh, uh, four. Jesus. Yeah. 
So you're talking about 10 years worth of old wrestlers who are no longer voting, and you know he did well in that. I mean, you know, those guys love him. So, yeah, you know. and it was a really high percentage. I don't remember exactly, but it was he did really well. So who knows? Uh, let's move on to the new candidates in Japan. We've got Jun Akiyama, who I believe is returning to the ballot, although mm-hmm. I'm not positive. I think so. Uh, Akira Teori, now he's definitely returning to the ballot, 100%. Yes. He's, yes. he's been there before. Uh, Yuji Nagata is new, isn't he? Or is it, um, no, Minoru Suzuki is new for sure. Suzuki is new. Suzuki new, and also the team of Satoshi Kojima and Hiroshi Tenzan. I'll, t- I'll speak to those guys first. You know, I could see why Dave put them back on the ballot because, you know, they're a legendary team in Japan and they've certainly added to their resume uh, in the last couple of years with, you know, winning a bunch of IWGP and NWA tag team titles and such. But they're not strong candidates. They're not a Hall of Fame level tag team, especially when you consider that, you know, how many tag teams are in the Hall of Fame? I think it's only three or four, correct? It's not a lot, especially I mean, as not teams. even yeah, not well, components there's so many of teams, have... but teams themselves. Well, because every because I don't know how many of us had tried and failed to get Dave to adopt kind of a rock and roll Hall of Fame type rule with that, but you know, Pat- Patterson and Stevens are in separately, and I guess in that case, it's whatever as far as them not being a team. But sure, you know, we have guys like the Fabulous Ones. As the rules stand now, Fabulous Ones are never going to be on the ballot because Stan Lane is in with the Midnight Express. That's that's. That's bad. Is that really the case? You can't <laughs> go back on the ballot as another tag team? I, I believe so, because he treats it like you're, once you're in for that, you're oh, in Terry Gordy. in, right. So Terry Gordy can't be a sing- in as a singles wrestler or anything like that. Interesting. I wasn't aware of that. Um, the, the point here that I'm making with these guys is if there's only three or four teams in, I'm not looking at the list now, you cannot make an argument. That this is one of the top five tag teams of all time. No, no. I mean, there's, there's, there, you can't even uh, construct an argument even close to that. So, and actually, I think both of these guys probably have a stronger case of singles wrestlers mm. than they do as a tag team. Well, now, I, I, yeah, this is one of those things where you have. This is one of those things where you have to. I hate to interrupt. This is one of those things where you have to ask Dave exactly what the criteria is because there are things that get confused, like with the regional stuff. Because a lot of the guys in Australia, etc are Americans you're voting for like those guys you're voting for your you're they're voting for the whole career but they're in that category because that's where they had their their best run so if, if you have these two as on the ballot as a team am I only voting for them as a team even though they had significant singles runs and I don't know the answer to that and that's something we should probably all email Dave and well, uh, about. Well, I tell you what Bix um they're listed on this ballot as Satoshi Kojima and Hiroshi Tenzan so I'm treating them like a team and there's no way I'm voting for these guys the fact of the matter is I don't think I'd vote for them as individuals either Kojima's a guy who I'd have to look at and, and his drawing record and whatnot um but you know as a team I can't can't even I, I can't even entertain an argument that they should be in as a team, and uh, you know so. But and they were I can, a great working team. Sure, and they're absolutely. Fine. Oh yeah, yeah, they're a legendary team in Japan too. But I just, I mean, come on. When you when you're looking at the the Hall of Fame standards and the fact that there's so few teams in there already, I can't. I, there's so many teams I would put in ahead of those guys that I can't. You know, there's no way I could vote for those guys okay, as, so a, look, as a team. I'm looking at it now as teams. We have Fabulous Kangaroos, Road Warriors. Original Freebirds. Well, I guess not technically the original Freebirds because, well, the, the the famous Freebird trio. The, yeah, the Freebirds one is a mess. Midnight I looked Express, at that. And I think that's it. And nobody would argue with those four, obviously. And uh, so the standards are pretty high. It's hard to get in as a tag team. And uh, let me ask you a question. Do you think Tenkoji fits in with those four? I, I do not. <laughs> I, you know, and that's not even yeah. a slight to them. It's just I, you know, th- they should not be the fifth team going into the Hall of Fame uh, as a unit. So uh, Jun Akiyama is an interesting one. As a worker, 
I think uh, he certainly is a Hall of Fame caliber worker. The 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 downside to him is whenever he's been on top. Uh, in whatever respective company it is, you know, by the time he got on top in Noah, business was starting to decline. Uh, obviously, he did nothing for modern all Japan, which is on its dying legs, and he did nothing to spark that. So there's issues there with with how much of a draw he was. Um, now there's, you know, I'd be interested in seeing the numbers of when he was on top in Noah because it wasn't completely dead when he was on top; it was just starting to decline. So he's an interesting candidate. Certainly, the work is there. Um, did you have thoughts on him or? Yeah, well, I feel like it, this goes for kind of for both him and Taue, I think. And, I, you know, I know there are people who are going to be down on Taue that are high on Akiyama and vice versa. I feel like both guys might have cases strictly on work because I feel like, yes, Kabashi, Kawada and Masawa were all better. And Kabashi and Masawa were certainly better draws. It's not that big a gap, though. Uh like in the grand scheme of things, if you know, if Kaba, if you want to say something like Kabashi, uh, Kawada, and Masao were the top three workers in the world at their peak, you know, then Akiyama and Tawe were top ten at the same time, and you know, it's they only were an ire because they had the other guys that were ahead of them. And, sure, and, 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 and should you hold that against them just because and they... I don't think so, and I know a lot of wrestlers for some reason are down on Tawei because the idea was hard to work with and stuff. And sure, I mean, I can sort of see that. He's kind of an awkward-moving guy, but that, guy, that guy's a tremendous pro wrestler. I mean, and maybe, he, I would say probably the most sound psychologically in terms of, like, a basic wrestling psychology of the big four big five all japan guys because like if you were do you remember that first match he had with marafuji yes i actually do that was an absolutely tremendous match and i'm a guy who's been hot and cold on marafuji and it's not like he didn't contribute but that match was all Tawe. that was a genius performance by him well i'll tell you what's gonna hurt him absolutely you know whether fair or unfair people are gonna say most of his greatest matches were tags where you could argue he was the third or fourth best worker in the match. Yeah, and, and that's what Dave puts in the, in, the, in the Last Observer. He says he was the fourth guy in the tag match of all those big Look sort of the tag other matches. Three. So, yeah. Yeah, right, I, that's, and that's where it's kind of like, yeah, you kind of have a, it. It's like, well, three of the all-time greats and then but him. That's like, gonna, but yeah, right, like I said, fairly or unfairly, that's going to hurt him. You know, in yeah. the eyes of a lot of voters. So, you know, that's going to be a problem. And that's probably what sunk him the first time. I'm interested uh, what got him back on. I guess people asked for him. Yeah, I, I, I don't think I asked him. I think I knew people were. I was pleasantly surprised to see him, and I was like, okay, I want, you know, I feel like I might abstain, but I really want to vote for Tawe and Akiyama now. Now I'm not sure I will, but I really want, I really want Tawe especially to go in. Tawe's the one who I feel like I have the personal connection to loving his stuff, but I, I feel like Akiyama should be into. But oh, this battle's tricky this year. Yeah, and, and you know, those are two more guys where there's the mystery of when their clock started. And another thing, Kojima and Tenzan, I'm almost positive we're in his singles, but now that they're on the ballot as a tag team, does, they might does restart, this yeah. restart their clock as oh, a team? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, technically it should. They've right? got some I mean, splitting to do. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a tricky deal. The other guy that we haven't mentioned is uh, the, that's new to the ballot in Japan is Minoru Suzuki. He's one of these guys where you get into that funky gray area of how much do you count for MMA. But with that said, it was Pancrase where it was uh, much of it was worked anyway. So what's your feeling on that? Uh, it's such a tr- thing. He's a tricky I, one. Yeah, I had no idea. Like, I wasn't as familiar with the really deep history of the Pancrase stuff before Funaki went in and Dave wrote the bio, which is one of – that's one of my favorite Hall of Fame bios, by the way, for people who haven't read it. And 
is that that one is on the site, right? I think that was maybe the first one after the merger. It should. I think be there, it's 08. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Funaki, I think once you read the bio, it's pretty easy to see he should be in because it's such a weird thing where he's carrying guys and all that to make it longer fights. And he really did see it as pro wrestling and it's real pro wrestling that I have to make give the fans a show, blah, blah, blah. And it's pancreas and it's such a weird thing. Okay. So then you have the guy who was kind of the number two Japanese guy behind him and was his buddy and not, well, I guess not protege. They were peers pretty much, but Suzuki was not that much. He was not a super top guy in Pancras the way Funaki was. I mean, he got he got laughed kind of by, by the Americans and and by guys who like Boss Rudin. Right. So and here's, and here's the other here's the yeah. other thing too. We know for a fact that Funaki and Ken Shamrock were working their fights, even when the fights were works and when the fights were shoots. Like you said, they were carrying people, making people look good. They understood the concept of making stars. So there's a legitimate argument there that what they were doing was pro wrestling. Now Suzuki. Now, Frank Shamrock – now, Boss Rutten has said a million times he had no idea he was involved in works, or at least that's what he claims. Frank Shamrock, the same thing. He claims he has no idea he was involved in works. And Minoru Suzuki is kind of that guy in the middle where we don't know what he thinks, what he knows, or what he was doing. So, you know, was he part of the brain trust that was actively working some of these fights? I, I think – well, he was a Japanese guy, and he was office, so I would think that he knew, and he was working. And he was you know, so from that standpoint, to me, that would raise his profile in terms of voting for him at all. Because he was he actively knew he was working. <sighs> it's so tricky, though. I mean, I, yeah, I, so I, I might I would say I'm leading towards no, because I remember when last year, I think when Dave did the Hall of Fame issue and he announced that Suzuki was one of the guys who was going to be on this year's ballot. I remember in the thread at Wrestling Classics, there were like so like one people saying, "Oh, I'm absolutely voting for him. He's a slam dunk." And I saw more and more, and I was like, "I like Suzuki a lot, and he's been an amazing performer these last several years." But really, listen, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, I'll say this about Suzuki: there's no way he's a Hall of Famer if you don't include the Pancras stuff. So that's, it, yeah, it, that's really – yeah. it, it depends where you fall on that. If you want to count that, you can make an argument for him, and I still don't think he's a slam dunk by any means. But if you're not counting the Pancrase stuff, yeah, if you're purely you can't wrestling, vote for him. He's not a Hall of yeah. Famer. Yes, and you because there's only one or two people here that's, that could fall off the ballot. We already talked – I talked about Volkan a little bit. Do you – either of you, since you're more inclined to vote for Japan this year than me, are either of you going to vote for Sakaguchi, do you think? No. I didn't last year, and I won't this year. I don't have a ballot, but I wouldn't oh. if I didn't. <laughs> I but I wouldn't. No, no. Why does Joe yeah, have a ballot no, and not it's okay. you? It's all right. Well, why, don't, it's I, Bix, Bix, why do I have a ballot and about a million people don't? That, that's that's a better question. But yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Rich definitely needs to have a ballot. I really don't get it. I talked about that before. It's ridiculous. Keep sending those emails. But uh, we got, I got people, I got people working, too. I would not know. I would not. And, and yeah, it's Kamora too. Kamora's a guy I wouldn't vote for either. I didn't vote for him last mm-hmm. year. I wouldn't vote for him this year. And I, I would, I'm not voting for Volkan either. I think, uh, you know, regardless of what you think of that style, I, there's no longevity. There's not enough longevity there for me. I mean, there's longevity in terms of years, though. It's just he, the number of matches per year. Right. That's right. You know, that's what <laughs> I mean when I say longevity. Between, it's just he, but... he barely competed in any match. I mean, it's, I just used the WWE buzzword, didn't I? I said competed. Uh, yeah, he, he barely had any matches. I, it's hard for me to pull the trigger on him. Um, what do you say I, I that, really that in the matches that transpired earlier tonight? Excuse me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, the WWE universe talk here. But uh, uh, somehow we're delving deep into the Japan category. I didn't know how that well, happened. Should, okay, but, so uh, 
I think that no wait is Tamura new? I feel like Tamura is either new or retarded. Uh, let me confirm that. Rich has it in front of him. Yeah, and and while I'm doing that real quick, yeah, in doing my research for uh, he is new from what I can tell. Okay. Yeah, he is not on last year's ballot, so he is also a new one that we missed. Um, yeah, in doing some research for uh, the Brock Lesnar piece that I was working on. I really would love Dave, and I know he's he sort of threw his hands up last year and, and threw his hands up when when Sakuraba came in and was just kind of like, yeah, I don't know, you guys kind of decide how you want to you know deal with these guys. It, it's so I really just wish at some point because we're gonna have you, you will have these arguments every single year with these sort of guys, and Suzuki is one of them, or Volkan or whatever, and all these guys where it's I really wish he would just because I think somebody needs to be that that sort of invisible hand to say okay. Count MMA or don't count. You, you know what I mean? Because it's just it's so hard without him. Well, Rich, he basically throws his hands up and says, well, "I you do decide what you want." Even more, it's even, it it's even yeah. more nuanced than that. Because then, if, you, sure. if you're counting MMA, are you counting fighting ability or just drawing ability? Or right, it's so because when I'm doing my Brock Lesnar piece, I'm thinking, okay, well, he beat this guy, but does that matter? I, it shouldn't. And then I said it doesn't matter. And then later, it's just it's it's so confusing. And a guy like Volkan is, is and I, kind of previewing or sort of spoiling a little bit. Uh, Dylan has a piece um, where he talks a little bit about. Volkan and he puts up a compelling argument based off a lot of the you know his success fighting but then it's like well oh man that's so tricky like does that why does it should that count but or it's in the same company or? too that's what makes it right crazy. it's so weird yeah it's it's just i oh I, man I, per- I personally believe there's a more compelling case to combine them in japan just because of the way the culture was yeah, yeah sure it truly was considered the same thing the reason that i voted for brock lesnar last year and will not be voting for him this year is because i've decided that in america it's so different and it's so splintered that i'm no longer considering the mma portion of lesnar's career whereas last year i i did consider the fact that the reason he was in an MMA draw was because he was a pro wrestler. I'm no longer considering that in America, but I can totally see why people would still consider uh, everything Mm -hmm. as one, at least for that era of Japan. Now, I'm not normally someone who would factor it in, but you do have to remember that for Lesnar's first UFC pay-per-view, he drew like a ridiculous percentage of the buys for people who had never bought a UFC pay-per-view. Right, and that's and that's that's one of my biggest things is now, and, and in my piece I talk about that of, okay, well, if he's drawing pro wrestling audiences to this other sport, and like you know, negatively affecting pro wrestling buys going forward and moving fans over to new, you know, how do we factor that in? It's just, it's so, it's such a mess. It's... Yeah. Also, one thing that gets forgotten about when Sakuraba went in in 2004, that was the, I believe, the year before Dave started the very short-lived Wrestling Observer Newsletter MMA Hall of Fame. Yes. And so Sakuraba, Sakuraba, I think, was eligible a year late, because I think, I think he went in his first year, right? Uh, correct. Yes. Okay. If Sak- he was a sl- he, I, I don't have the exact numbers, but uh, Dave basically said without any complaints whatsoever, he was immediately. If it was a year later, I don't think Sakuraba would have even been on the ballot. You could be right. You could be right. You could be right. It, <laughs> and it's it's mu- such a gray area. Who knows? I, I really don't know. He built his style as pro wrestling, whatever. But if you go by his career doing work to pro wrestling, Kazushi Sakuraba, great worker, absolutely not a Hall of Famer. No way, not even close. But the thing is, it's like Dave always says, you know, in Japan and to the Jap- the, the Japanese voters who are native to Japan, all of those people were pro wrestlers. All of them. It was all under one umbrella. And I yeah, here's here's his exact quote. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Like I used to talk – like Jose Fernandez used to talk about this all the time. His friends in Japan would always dispute that. Pro wrestling was the stupid fake thing you watched as kids. Pride is this cool, hip, new, real fighting. Interesting. Maybe yeah, here's this. Well, quote. you know what though, um, a lot sorry, of these people yeah. are wrestling industry people, people who are covering it in the magazines. So true, that's very different. true. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, here's a quick little breakdown that he put in uh, last year's Azura. I, I fired this up. He said, uh, Balladers have clearly included MMA credentials in voting in the past for Sakuraba and Funaki, uh, but for wrestling and MMA are more, more closely intertwined in, J in Japan. Uh, Funaki's MMA, when he was doing it, was considered pro wrestling at the time, just non-worked. And to categorize it differently today would show a complete lack of understanding of the situation as it was in its prime. That is not the case for Lesnar. And then, I guess, Suzuki would go into that other bubble, and that's right. It's just, uh, yeah, who, who knows? Yeah. And I think that's fair, though. Yeah, I, I agree. And we could probably do two hours on that alone. Yeah, let's not. Yeah, let's oh, let's please move tomorrow, on. For God's sake. Yoshi tomorrow, though, because we forgot him. Right. Yes, correct. Right. Right. He, he's new. He is uh, also new. I think that, that, go, that, again, that goes to the whole do you, how much do you value shoot style because <laughs> it's a dead style and he was, he's an incredible worker and he ended up being a decent, he was apparently the best shooter of those guys, but by the time he competed, it was a little too late. Uh sure. And but he 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 is arguably the greatest shoot style worker of all time. I I would think you would say it's either him or Volkan. So, it, again, how much do you value that? I mean, he doesn't have the less matches issue that Han has though. And I I don't know enough about how how well he drew though. Like I know Volkan was a draw for rings. Right. It's and he's one of these guys who I, I can go either way on. I could see him doing very well or very poorly. I really don't have a good feel for how he's going to do either. So, yeah, um, very difficult. But as far as Mexico, uh, Bix, take this one. Who's new here? OK, so we've got Los Brazos. And because there are actually six brothers, uh, Dave, I mean, Dave always specifies it. But in this case, it's especially important because it's Brazo de Oro, Brazo de Plata and El Brazo as Los Brazos. Then we've also got Ultimo Guerrero making his debut, I believe, in his first year of eligibility. Uh, Los Misioneros de la Muerte, who we talked about earlier, El Signo, El Tejano, and Navarro as a trio. And I think we figured we figured out that Hector Garzo debuted on the ballot last year, right? Uh, yeah, let me confirm that for sure. But as far as the uh, other three, you see, yeah, let me, you, you have one. He did, yeah, correct, correct. Uh, that last year was his first year. Okay, so he's not new. So we've got three new candidates, and you see one is an absolute mortal lock. What do you think of the other two? Um, it's tricky. It's because it's this category where I could see myself voting for almost everyone. Um, it's not like I don't think they're worthy. Um, I think both of the other two are worthy. So. I mean, then with Ultimo and with Ultimo Guerrero, I think, he, you know, you have to just point out he, he's he's a, he's an interesting one. He's like a modern can He's a mo he stands out as the best worker of the modern guys, the longest standing draw. Even if he wasn't like the super exceptional draw, like a like a mystic original Mystico or a Paraguayo Junior or anyone like that, but he's been an incredible worker for a very long time. Still is probably about to draw the biggest house in the history of the of CMLL in a, in a week or two, uh, was really responsible for drawing the biggest house in the history of CMLL last year, even if it turned out kind of weird. Uh, I think he should go in. Will I vote for him? That's trickier, but he should go in. Uh, Los Brazos should absolutely go in. You know, great workers for a long time, even if people who aren't as well-versed in Lucha think of Brazo de Plata, Super Porky, as more of a comedy guy. That guy, when he was younger, and even when he was older, depending on how much weight he put on, incredible worker. All three of those guys, great workers. You know, strong draws for a long time. Again, kind of, were one of the really pioneering trios, not as much as Missionaros de la Muerte, who part of the reason they should, they are locks, they are the ones who made trios wrestling, I think, in Mexico. Like, that cannot be overstated. 
I mean, you had tag teams and stuff before then, like, you know, with uh, Gorgoro and El Santo. But Los Michiganars de la Morte, they put trios on the map. They were the first ones to really have the whole gimmick and the matching outfits and everything and the name. And it was with them that trios wrestling really became the thing in Mexico. But also incredible workers, you know, draws, you know, they had that big program with El Santo where it was part of it was luck where that was his last big program because he had the heart attack against them. So they became the death missionaries, but they absolutely need to be in. If they don't go in, that says a lot of very, very, very bad things about the uh, voting pool for Mexico for, for the Hall of Fame. I mean, that is like when um, years ago so, there was a debate on wrestling classics and Dave said something like that nowadays Akira Maeda wouldn't get in. And someone like John Williams, maybe some other people said, if you think Akira Maeda wouldn't go in nowadays, then that's the problem is with the electorate. It's not with him. Right. I will say uh, the one thought that I have on, on these three is Ultimo Guerrero is still in his prime and he's still going. So I think that could hurt them in the sense that people might say, you know what? We've got time to get him in. So on a loaded ballot, let's vote for some of these guys who are either passed away or winding down or, or retired or whatever, and then we'll worry about him later. Yes, but I would guess that a lot of people, depending on when some people send their ballot in, and it, I know some people don't take it as seriously, but that there are people who take it seriously who send it in right away is a little weird to me. But we, he's got this—he's got the biggest match of his career coming up in a couple weeks. It's going to be the biggest drawing match of his career. I—I I think that could propel him in as a first bout guy. Good timing, you know. That's a good point. Yes. It's real good timing to have the biggest match of your. Career. And that helped with Atlantis last year when they had—they almost had the mass match, and the, but they did the elimination thing that really drew the house at the anniversary show. Right, right. Regardless of whether it happened or not, they drew the house. So, yeah. Yeah, that's that's an interesting point. You know, if that doesn't blow away business, that can, that's the perfect time to do it. So, well, actually, uh, you know, let me check. What did Atlantis do in 2012? Uh, oh, he got a huge jump. OK, Ultimo Guerrero is going to go in this year because Atlantis went from 38 percent to 62 percent. Oh, wow. Yeah. OK, so Ultra, I, I OK, seeing that I would be shocked if Ultimo Guerrero doesn't go in on first ballot. And hey, he deserves it. So it'll be fresh in people's minds. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's... Yeah, yeah. I mean, Rich, would you agree with that? Uh, yeah, no, absolutely. And you look at especially with the Atlantis, uh, you know, kind of background there. I mean, yeah, unfortunately, I don't know. I kind of have to throw my hands up for most of the Lucha stuff. But yeah, that, and, and especially having that or drawing that big house so closely as you guys are sort of talking about, I think, yeah, for sure. And using Atlantis, yeah, 38 to 62 is, is profound. So, yeah, absolutely. Definitely a good break for him then uh, from that standpoint. Now, did we figure out who's new in Europe aside from Otto Wands? Um, Rich? <laughs> Yeah, I'm, it's so hard to do because you kind of have to. I, I, I'm doing like a search for each one. Um, I believe I don't. Yeah, for sure we have auto ones. Let me check. There's one or Billy two Joyce that I was one who I wasn't sure. Oh wait, you know what? Let me yeah. Look at, wait, wait. Let me just. I have this open. Control F. Uh, Joyce was on there. Uh, Hoffman was on there. Uh, Jackie Fowler was obviously on there. Rocco was on there. Saint was. On, yeah, I think I think it has to be auto ones. I don't Jim, see anybody Jim else. Jim Breaks is the only one that I have a question about. Uh, he was on. No, for he sure was last definitely. Year. Okay, yeah. so it's just Otto. Because I, I read uh, I read numerous articles about him. Yeah, no, no, he uh, it is just Otto Wands. Yeah, I can confirm. Now, that. Otto Wands is a guy who everybody universally pretty much agrees was a shitty worker, um, but of course he had that you know in, in the '80s there you know that promotion was a big stop for a lot of guys uh, who went on to big careers in other places. So there's sort of an influence argument for him since he ran that promotion. Um, I'm not going to sit here and pretend I'm an expert on auto wands by any means. But um, it, I thought it was always sort of odd that he wasn't on the ballot. Now, I don't yeah. remember if he was on the ballot previously or not, 
but I think he's definitely. I don't think who, so. Well, because Europe's only been around now for what four years. That's it. Yeah, excellent point. So he has to be new. He has to be brand new entirely. Yeah, I, 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 I found no evidence that he was unless on he unless he was on it as a non wrestler at some point as a promoter. Which I doubt. Which I seriously yeah. doubt. Now, how so. about that's a tricky thing too. How much do you include? Uh, their, st- their time as a promoter for wrestler promoters. Well, you know, my whole thing is when I look at a candidate, no matter where they're slotted, I look at the entire picture. I, you know, I try not to, unless, except in the wacky case of the MMA, I try to look at the entire picture. So if I were to be voting in this category, I would consider it. Um, you know, it just depends, you know, how much emphasis you're going to put on it. So I, I, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I think I may abstain, but I think if you include promoting, he's, he's a fairly strong candidate, especially mm-hmm. in that pool where... They're so they're good candidates, but it seems like they're kind of canceling each other out. Because yeah, it, especially not, the well, especially the whole thing where so where the big stars were not great workers, and then the great workers, there's not a I, some of them you could sort of try to figure out who were draws. Like if someone was on TV a lot, okay, they were probably big stars. So maybe Jim, you should say Jim Breaks was the draw, but it's it's tricky. Or Jackie Palo, another one. I mean, the guy's nickname was Mr. TV. Well, then again, but well, that's the thing. Jackie Palo, it was, but Jackie Palo also has the thing where the the wrestlers don't like him because of when he broke away and wrote the book Breaking Kayfabe and all that stuff. Right, right. And you kind of get the idea. I mean, Europe doesn't have a, you know, it's the smallest voting pool. What not it the smallest voting pool? Or is it the uh, miscellaneous category? It's definitely a smaller drawing uh, let's uh, voting see. pool. So. Yeah, I'm trying to fire it. I'm trying to look at Carlos it right here. No, if, you get, if you get 10 or 15 wrestlers who don't like you, who want to block you, you're not getting in because there's, well, there, there's the voting pool so small. Highest, uh, it actually has smaller. It actually does have smaller. Well, he was the highest in Europe with 57. Jackie Palo yeah. was the highest in Europe with last year with 57 votes as 46%. Carlos Colon was the highest in miscellaneous with 85 votes, 59%. So you got something like what, how many total voters are we looking at, right? give, you know, give or take? I am not even going to try to do that math. Yeah, <laughs> it's a giant list. I don't know. So if, I don't know if Harrington has done that. Let me check if well, I. He was fifty percent. You um, said right? Wasn't one of those guys fifty percent? Uh, Palo was forty six. Easy math. All right, now okay, so, we, so it's a little more. So it's fifty-seven times two would be ninety. Okay, so one hundred and four would be a little less than a hundred. So there's about a hundred voters, give or take. Well, more, but and then Cologne, 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 fifty-nine percent with eighty-five. Okay, so miscellaneous has more, has a lot more. Okay, so my, my point here being, if there's a lot of people who hate this guy, it's not going to take many of them to sink him. No, you, you got a very tiny voting pool. You get fifteen guys who don't like him of his contemporary, you know, they're going to sink the guy. So uh, you know, I don't know, but I don't want. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. I think, like you said, the most interesting thing with him is, do you consider, you know, and and the other thing was, you know, if he, you know, if it was his promotion and he pushed himself, I mean, was he really the star that people think he was? Uh, we'd have to look at. It lasted a lot. It lasted for a while after he stopped wrestling, though. Yeah, yeah. We'd have to look at drawing records and things of that nature. But uh, yeah, I, th- I definitely think he's someone who belongs on the ballot, though. So I think it's a good job getting him on there. Um, now, the miscellaneous category. We've got some new people there. Uh, Brute Bernard and Skull Murphy, for well, sure. I remember we also have a new uh, <laughs> new region, sub-region, yes, yeah. in Africa. That's right, in Africa. Because the, the entire continent of Africa. <laughs> has joined the Caribbean in there. It's and Australia, the, Pacific Islands, Caribbean, and Africa are well, all lumped really in the we have, we, have a, we, have, we have two full continents. Uh, we have <laughs> the Pacific Islands and... Uh, yeah, an undefinable now, how many, set of now, islands. I, I, I would just be, call it other. Just call it miscellaneous. I mean, At this point, yeah, it's getting ridiculous and, now. And, and also, here's the thing, too. I would be willing to wager that there's not a single voter 
who is truly well-versed in all four of those categories to the point where they're experts on all of them. It's, yeah, the guy that knows Australia probably isn't too versed in Africa. Well, but Astro- maybe, well, the thing I is, Australia and Pacific Islands, what, before you added Africa, those were close enough, kind of same territory, because he's... And, some shared talent. I mean, not exactly, because Pacific Islands, I guess, I, I guess he means Hawaii, but then you've also sort of got your <laughs> Hong Kong and your Singapore, well, which I guess is not necessarily Pacific, but you know what I mean. Sure. He's, Aust- he's counting, Australia, yeah, Australia and the Pacific Islands did share some of the same talent. He's uh, counting I, I, your various Jim Barnett and Steve New, New Zealand, areas. yes, exactly. Correct. New Zealand, Hong Kong, Singapore, Malaysia, etc. Right. And then, you know, if you're an expert in that part of the world, you're also expected to be an expert in Puerto Rico and uh, now South Africa, because Jan Wilkins is a candidate from South Africa who I'm almost positive was recommended to be added by Ryan Klingman, uh, who did recommend him in a thread on the Observer Board. And I think he listens to this show some of the time, so maybe uh, he can confirm that. But I'm pretty sure from the uh, Cube Circle newsletter, Ryan Klingman, who does a great job with that. Uh, mm-hmm. who was from South Africa, suggested Jan Wilkins. I think that's how he got on. Right. I'm almost positive King Kong Zaza got on because of me, because I, I can't <laughs> imagine anybody else was recommending that guy. And the thing with him is it's very, you can't really verify it, but there are these wild tales of this guy you know, drawing 100,000-plus against Dara Singh in India. I mean, if that's the case, I, the reason I wanted him on the ballot was I think that he, he deserves some research if, that, if, if those stories are out there, because those are obviously some incredible numbers. Um, you know, and then we have Brute Bernard and Skull Murphy and John De Silva, correct? Yes. Uh, yep, that's it. Okay. Uh, Bix, do you have any thoughts on any of these men? Hmm. I uh, don't know much about Jan Wilkins, willing to learn more. I mean, with, uh, with Africa, and I guess really that's mainly South Africa. We're, we're really just talking about South, South Africa because I don't think we're factoring in any uh, Power Udi type guys. <laughs> right. Um, I don't know enough. I feel like I almost feel like South, if you're going to do South, tie South Africa into one of the existing buckets, you maybe should tie it into Europe because of yeah, the talent sharing. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, so that kind of surprised me. Uh, so, but I don't know enough about him to vote for that. The whole category is weird because of what I outlined earlier. That really for the for the North American guys who are in Australia that were, are on the ballot in this bucket, you are voting for their whole careers, but they're here because this is where they had their best run. And a lot of these guys, though, would not be on the ballot if not for that run. And it wasn't always a long run. So it's like if you're doing Australia Hall of Fame, a lot of these guys should be in. But if you're just voting, if you're just saying, OK, that's the best part of his career. This is how we're categorizing him. I don't know. Like the only one I've, I've I voted for besides Cologne, who's his own thing, was Mark Lewin, because I feel like his whole worldwide career is one where you can say he is a Hall of Famer. Uh, as far as the new guys, um, you know, again, Bernard and Skull Murphy, if you're talking about guys from that who were big in that area, that's a they should absolutely be on the ballot. Do not know much about John, King Kong Saja. I think Steve Yoey wrote something about John DeSilva not belonging in the new wrestling classics thread which I could dig up if you want to talk for a second while I go look up. Yeah, let's, the King Kong one is interesting because that, that's uh, – of the things I've read, 
you know, and, and, and Joe, you brought those up last year, is that there were these sort of reports, oh, 200,000 in, you know, 1945, and then regularly 100,000 and that sort of stuff. And is there any way we're going to get any clarity on that? Is there anybody in the world that can, like, Probably, well, actually say, yeah, thing, like, or, or are we going to go with that or just kind of... Well, that's the thing. I don't think we're ever going to get any clarity on this stuff, sure. but the reason I want them on the ballot was just to bring awareness so people, at least we can look into it, and maybe we can at least... Right, I had never heard of him before until you mentioned that thing, and then I looked it up, and it's like, yeah, he drew 100,000 regularly, and I'm like, uh, all right, like, are we sure? If you read what little is out there on him, you're not kidding. It says thing. You'll read things like drawing 100,000 fans regularly. I mean, if- yeah. This, uh, this, there's this Chris Schramm thing at uh, uh, Slam Sports, and he goes, he is arguably the largest attraction in sports history. I mean, geez, you know, <laughs> you at least got to look into a guy like that, wouldn't you think? And I mean, I mean, <laughs> right, and, yeah, and he had right. some big drawing matches in Japan as well against Ricky sure. Dozan and tag team matches and things mm-hmm. of that nature. So I definitely, th- you know, I just felt like he was someone who was at least taking, you know, worth taking a look at, even though most of the time in all these huge drawing matches that have all these legendary attendance figures, he's clearly not the biggest star in any of these matches because, you know, he's in there with other people who were slam dunk first ballot, don't even need to vote on them Hall of Famers like Ricky Dozan and and Dara Singh and people like that. But, I mean, geez, I mean, you know, it takes two to tango, and obviously this guy was regarded as a top opponent for these people if he was constantly in matches with him. So I, I just felt like it was fair to take a look at him. Okay, it was actually Steve Ogilvie that wrote about John DeSilva. Now I'm actually not sure if he meant it as positive or negative. John DeSilva was a super ni- John DeSilva is a super nice guy and was a fantastic wrestler. He owned a promotion in New Zealand but was not a major drawing card. He was respected by the general public as a wrestler, but that had more to do with wrestling at the Empire Games and then wrestling professionally in England. Certainly not enough to go on <laughs> to swing yeah. either way, but doesn't sound like a yeah, it doesn't sound like a, a ringing endorsement. You know, and I think with a lot of this category, not just the guy who wrestled in the forties, uh, but as far as everybody in this category, or at least most of the people in this category, it's going to be research that sinks or swims a lot of them because there's just not mm-hmm. a lot known about some of these uh, some of these people. It, it's, it all depends what kind of legwork people want to do for somebody like a John Wilkins. I mean, you know, that's what it's going to come down to because there's not a ton of people that know anything about him. Now, if I if I if I tried to make the case, would would you join me in trying to convince Dave to move Africa to Europe, to being in the same category as Europe? I wouldn't have a problem with it. Um, there, you know, because clearly that's where the biggest talent exchange came from, or at least South, or at least call it Europe. Slash here's South my here's Africa. A, okay. I, I agree. Yeah, I think that's a, a solid distinction. I mean, if you there. want to, just in case anybody from Africa, Africa you know, to, 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 right to be in the miscellaneous category i think that's fine true because what if you do add a guy like power uti at some point i know it's it's sort of a, 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 a meme. yeah you don't want him to be i, I understand Europe, it's yeah. a meme at this point but i mean you know if you do add those sorts of people or people unearth other people from you know the past who who deserve to be on there from africa then you've run into a problem where they're going to be lumped in with europe so i think you're right it would be south africa and europe uh more more so than africa and europe right because i can't Anyone you can think of who – it was always European guys going on the tours there and with mm-hmm. the local stars, and it just it just feels like it fits. And, and South Africa very much in, in, in a lot of in ways. You know, just, actual, culturally as well is, is, is essentially Europe as well, yeah, <laughs> in, in many, many, many ways. Clear, so. Clearly. Uh, but, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I also feel strongly that anybody from Puerto Rico belongs in U.S. Canada, so I really don't understand why that's – a uh, separate distinction. Well, especially because it is part of the United States. It's part of the United States, first of all. <laughs> and second of all, for the same reasons you just spoke about South Africa, the talent exchange is clear. 
I mean, a lot of American wrestlers have been to Puerto Rico over the years, and a lot of Puerto Rican wrestlers have come to the United States over the I mean, it, it, to me, it's a no-brainer, and I, I really don't understand why it's in the miscellaneous. Uh, Cologne is in the miscellaneous and not well, and anybody – Right. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. You done? No, I was I was pretty much done. My point. Okay. It's just if you're also going to represent Puerto Rico, he's the guy who goes in. Right. Right. As a separate right. thing. It's and but then it goes back to what I was talking about with Australia. If you're going to do Australia, then of course uh, Mario Milano and Spiros Arion should be it. If you're well, representing uh, those areas, but Cologne's different because it was his whole career and he owned the promotion and all that. And there's also the argument that if you put Cologne in the U.S. category, he wouldn't come close to getting in. Because you've got a lot of people who are going to vote against him, um, both for legitimate and for well, I don't want to say illegitimate, but for you know, Brody related reasons, right? Yeah. <laughs> Out of the ring, which I don't want to yeah. call illegitimate because hey, look, they may be perfectly legitimate to some people. I can I completely understand it, but it, that's probably a good point too. He probably has a better shot in the miscellaneous category. Well, so. then, but then also, if you're opening a Puerto Rico, Invader One's not a bad candidate. It's you know, you're right. You know, and there's other people there who probably deserve to at least be looked at. Yeah, you know, Hugo Savinovich, El Profe, um, sure. Lee Gonzalez, guys like that. And I mean, you want to go right down the line. Make, you know, guys like Chicky Star, if you want to really stretch it and just look yes, at Yes, anyway, I was forgetting someone. Yeah, you know, so, I mean, there's, you know, so for the future even, because it's not, this isn't going to begin and end with Cologne. You know, I, I know it's not the hottest territory right now, but there's certainly people from Cologne's era who you could arguably put put on there, who people may ask for, and they're going to be lumped in with, you know, uh, Brupinar and Skull Murphy, and it makes absolutely no sense. Well, and it's a, <laughs> now it's a territory, and it still exists, but, I mean, well, that's the thing. It's a territory that still exists. It's not exactly doing that well, but. Yeah, but what if it gets hot? Yes. <laughs> What if they come up with the next big thing down there? You know, and, and, and the guy's an enormous star. You're gonna have him on a ballot with King Kong Zaja? I don't understand. It doesn't make sense to me. But if, I, if Thunder and Lightning have a career renaissance, <laughs> <laughs> they, they they and they end up on the ballot. They will be they they will be in the same category as King. Rich, Kong Rich, what is that sketchy promotion in Puerto Rico that sends us press releases every week? Oh yeah, who are those guys? Yeah, let me it's fire that the one. I delete them. I delete them immediately, so I don't. I don't is this the new one that the tri- that did the eye pay per view and stuff? The new yes, one. Yes, it is. Yes. Oh, yeah, um, we, get the, we get an email from them. Uh, wrestlers from Mexico Dominican. Okay, what the hell? It's like the worst thing. Um, the hell is their name? Uh, World Wrestling League JVD. Yeah, I don't know yeah. the JVD. I don't know them either, but they have wrestlers from. World Wrestling yeah. League, though, they did that eye pay per view. They had some TNA guys they put couldn't put on the pay per right. That's yes. what I'm thinking of. Yes. yes. Okay. We'll yeah. Get press releases weekly, uh, <laughs> as they want us to push their CW show that airs, including weekly. three in the same day. Where I don't know if you had two of my different email addresses, but I got like three of this. I was like, all right, stop. Like, <laughs> absolutely. Please, for God's sake. Uh, what are you gonna do? Uh, yeah, World Wrestling League. Yeah, it, it, that's yeah. I don't know why they called it. His email is different than what he. Okay. Well. Yeah. Never mind. <laughs> yeah, you got it. We forgot one new addition in the non-wrestler category during our pre-show sort of powwow that we had. Uh, Larry Matisik has been added to the ballot. I think we mentioned him. I thought we did. Yeah, we mentioned yeah, well, him. Well, and that's about all we need to mention I'm, about I'm, him. I'm, 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 <laughs> I think we're good. Yeah, so well, I think we can well, wrap well, up now. Well, let, let me frame it this way. Number one. <laughs> oh, this is going to be why, why the hell is he on the ballot? And number two, will he vote for himself? <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I'm sure there are other people who have been on the ballot who – yeah, He's yeah, pretty yeah. bad, though. Well, bitch, just the right, obvious let's, one. <laughs> let's start with question okay, well, one. Let's yeah. be fair. What are his credentials, in your opinion? He was the announcer for St. Louis after, um, whatchamacallit, Joe Garagiola left for Greener Pastures. He did the booking to some degree later on. Um, he was WWF's local promoter, sort of. Uh, and 
that's about it. Now, and he he also uh, he also predicted that CM Punk versus John Cena would not do as well as people thought it would do uh, for Money in the Bank. I have no idea if that has anything to do with the Hall of Fame. I have no memory of this, but okay. But uh, yeah, he, he was the one supposedly who uh, the only voice who told Dave that uh, that that show would not do as well as people. It ended up doing ten percent better than the year before, anyway. Uh, but I think he uh, supposedly uh, he was the one who was warning Dave that the the, the, the infamous promo was not going to bump business to the degree because people were going nuts around that time thinking that this was going to be a new boom period. People were going crazy about that promo. And supposedly he was the one who was the voice of reason. But uh, I don't know if that has anything to do with his Hall of Fame credentials. OK, well, here's the thing. Right. He was very good announcer. The booking, my understanding from talking to some people is that it's a little overstated. Uh, as, as an announcer, Dave has said, and this was in this was in some thread where I was talking to him last year. I was like, uh, "Larry's a nice guy, and I like talking to him." But and he was a good announcer. But was he really considered one of the best in the business? Because some he said something, and there's this whole long. Okay, the whole post wasn't about Matisic, so I can read this. In the '70s, long before I ever knew Larry Matisic. Within wrestling, it was always said that Gordon Soley and Larry Matizic were the best wrestling announcers because in those days, nobody gave what anything that happened in Memphis any respect. Dick Lane had retired, and really they had surpassed him by then anyway. I liked Frank Bonham a lot, but he was too low-key and dry to be the best. Worked in his market, but everyone worked in their market because people had nothing to compare anyone to. Miguel Alonso had the rep of being really good, but only did Spanish. Once, when Matizic came up to Minneapolis to work, I don't remember the circumstances, but he did a set of tapings, and my friends, because we were in AWA market at the time, were all raving about this new announcer who was so much better than anyone but Soli. That was how great the disparity was and how obvious it was at the time. And then, just see, trying to find the other Matizic-related parts. Before the days of VCRs, I listened to everyone because they traded audio tapes back then because people would put the audio cassette recorder next to the TV. Uh... <laughs> I listened to everyone, and Matizic and Soli were the best, and Soli's peak was really 68 to 77. But they were the only ones, if you listened to an audio tape and couldn't see the match, where you could visualize the entire match and the flow of the match. Everyone else, you couldn't get that with. And no, Rich, I was not in the audio tape trading uh, circuit. <laughs> it was pre that predated you? Somehow, yeah, that's unbelievable. Uh, yeah. With how old you were at the time, I thought you would have gotten into that, but that's all right. I, mean, I, uh, I, don't, I don't have any feel for this. I've obviously never heard the man call a match to my knowledge or that I have any recollection of. Or I, 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 I don't know. I have no feel for this whatsoever. Yeah. He was good. I mean, I, uh, I, I certainly don't, from what I've seen, I certainly don't wouldn't put him as, at the very best level with Gordon Soul at his peak, Lance Russell at his peak. Um, I feel like I'm forgetting someone. That would go. I mean, those 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 are the two best. I mean, how, about, how about Dave Brown? Yeah, Dave. Well, Dave, no, Dave Brown's right up there, and I think I probably he, will I vote for him. him I only bring him up because he's on the ballot too. So right, and he was added last year. Um, I don't remember if I voted or not for, for him for not for. I think I did in the end. I think uh, Dave Brown was great, and he just gets overshadowed because he was working with Lance. I mean, that's what it comes down to. And, you know, Matisic is sort of similar to Gorilla Monsoon, where it's kind of a hodgepodge of credentials here. Because with Monsoon, you've got the fact that he was, you know, he had a stake in some territories. He was a wrestler for a long time, obviously. And then later on, of course, uh, you know, he was one of the voices of the company during, you know, the Hulkamania era. So it's kind of similar in that sense where, you know, how do you value what, you know, the different things that these guys bring to the table? Well, he wasn't really the booker for that long, and when he started his own promotion, it 
fizzled out, although it wasn't his fault. Uh, but when I, I would let, I would need to know, have a better idea on when he was exactly he was the booker, and how much of that is him, and how much saying it, and how much is what actually happened. I'm not accusing him of lying because I'm sure he had an involvement in the booking through the whole period he said he did. But I, I weren't other people the booker of record during that, like Pat O'Connor. You know, that's the thing. Um, the, the booker of record is sort of what matters because, you know, everybody whispers in the booker's ear, you know, sure, and, and yeah. then, you know, it, it all depends on how much of a, you know, you want to pat your – and I'm not suggesting that he's doing this. But then it's a matter of how much those people want to pat themselves on the back or recreate history and, and you know, all the great ideas where, you know, everyone takes credit for all the great ideas and everybody has, you know, whispers in the booker's ear. So it's like you say, it really only matters, you know, who who had the final call, who was the booker of record. That's really all that should be considered in my opinion. Right, and I don't think – and even working in the office, we're not counting being general manager. I mean it's – I'm sure he was important to the office and the office would not have run smoothly without him, but – it's just not the type of thing you can factor in a Hall of Fame. So if you're looking at the guys whose main candidacies are being announcers of some kind that are on the ballot right now, it's Dave Brown, Howard Finkel, Larry Matizic, Thrill Monsoon, Gene Okerlund, Jesse Ventura. If you're going straight as an announcer, I don't see how Larry goes in before any of them. Yeah, and you know, I got two things to add here. Number one, uh, you know, he has no prayer of getting in because he's probably in the most loaded category aside from Lucha, and you can only vote for five of these guys. And number two, it used to be unlimited. I, I of course, I was so pissed off last year. That was my first year with a ballot, and it's like, oh, of course that changes because I always used to look at that. And I was like, do people really narrow this down at all? It's such a loaded category. <laughs> it, 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 it really is crazy. And, and the second thing is, if you were looking for a detailed breakdown of Larry Matisic, you aren't going to get a more detailed one than you just got on this show. Because nobody <laughs> is going to break down the Larry Matisic candidacy the way we did on The Voices of Wrestling with Bix. I'm going to timestamp that I mean, so people can jump right to it if they'd like to. There's absolutely so. no way anyone is going that deep on Larry Matisic. There's no prayer. Uh, but yeah, so there you go. But uh, that covers, I think, all of the new candidates in each region. Obviously, in the historical region, you're not going to get any new candidates because uh, those are people that have come from other places on the ballot. Um, so that covers all new candidates. So now, just as a general question uh, to you, Bix, of all those new candidates, uh, who has the best shot of getting in? Um, let's see. Well, okay, for historical, in terms of guys who moved over, I have to check for a second how well they did because I don't think I don't think Peter, it's going to help Pedro Morales that much, but it could help wrestling too. Let me see. Well, let's stick, let's stick to guys. Yeah, he who was twenty nine. Uh, he was twenty nine percent wrestling too. Was uh, he was uh, twenty nine? There's one hundred one. That's one hundred one votes. So if a lot of yeah, them still so. vote for him, he could still. It's trick again. It's the word I keep using. Tricky. And Morales was, we mentioned him, he was 22% last year, but in a different category. So he uh, he has an interesting so, yeah, thing. And then uh, uh, Byers was 20%. So of the actual new additions, I think it depends on how people view the new Jap, view Akiyama and Taue. But I probably will stick with my prediction of Ultimo Guerrero. So you have, oh, okay. I was going to say that you have no faith in the Lucha voters again. Uh, since you're not going with either of those trios. Oh, you know what? I was, when I'm thinking new, okay, in terms of new, uh, I hope they go in, but I think I think because of the jump Atlantis got last year. That we'll put see it who in. You, well, let me, let me frame it this way. I'm not asking you who you think the best candidate of the new ones are. I'm asking you who you think has the best shot of actually getting elected. Uh, no, I think that's Ultimo Guerrero. Okay. What about you, I, Rich? What do you think? Because I think... 
No, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, no, Bix, go ahead. Because I Finish think Akiyama is going to have some people, because like we said earlier, you know, people kind of put Kawada, Kabashi, and Masao on a pedestal relative to Taue and Akiyama, even though the gap isn't quite as big as they were making it out to be. So it will hurt Taue to some degree with work and maybe drawing, and also Akiyama to some degree with work, even though Kawada was not the draw the other two were. But I, th- I could see both going in, but I, I think the strongest is Ultima Barrel. Yeah, and, and based off kind of mixed, and of course, I, I don't know enough about Lucha to really give a, a strong opinion, but I, I feel from what he sort of sold it that Ultima Guerrero is a, a decent choice. Otherwise, of, of new guys getting in, it's really tough. Like, a Punk is is a weird one. I, I feel like he's going to have to wait, especially with the new rule. Had that new rule not been in place, I think last year when they released the, the list of guys, I think you and I might have said that he's, he's a guy that's definitely going to have a chance and, and, and could possibly be in there right away. With this new rule, I don't see a way. I don't see Ultimate Warrior, Junkyard Dog. I don't see... Uh, the Akiyama Tawe, th- those ones are weird just because they got very little support uh, when they were previously on there. So I don't know if they've done enough now to make those people. Uh, uh, Tenkoji, there, I don't think there's a chance there. Minoru Suzuki, I don't think there's a chance there either. Yeah, I mean, as far as I know, I mean, judging by the categories that I really follow and the ones that I would vote on, there's nobody that I think is new to the ballot that would get in. But um, based off sort of Bix's sell job, I, I, I could see Ultimo Guerrero for sure. But yeah, I, I just don't know enough about that category to say that I would vote him in, you know, but... I tell you, looking at last year's precedent with that Atlantis thing, it, it really makes you think that if that sure, show yeah. does well, that that's what's going to happen with the, with the. I mean, he got yeah, with the way Atlantis jump, so. jumped, it's going to be fresh in everybody's mind. But I tell you, just to be different, so I don't give the same answer that you guys gave, just to mix <laughs> it up a little bit. I think both of those Lucha trios are going to get in. I think that people view them as such no-brainers that they're going to be impossible to ignore on the ballot for the people who vote Mexico. And I think uh, that those will be the first two names that they get checked off on the list. So I think you'll see both of those get in. Um, but yeah, let's get King Kong in there. Let's start the official campaign to get King Kong in. Hey, you know, I would like to. I'm in. I, let's listen, do it. I would like to see him stay. I, I, <laughs> I think he'll drop off the ballot immediately. I don't even yeah, think, think he'll get 10. percent I'd like to see him uh, get the 10 percent just until the research can come out. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I'm not equipped to do that type of research. Uh, you know, but hopefully somebody is, and that that was really my only hope in 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 kind of uh, getting him onto the ballot, because it, it, it the legendary stories were just a little too hard to ignore for me. So, but but in all honesty, I think he's the most likely of the new candidates to drop off, uh, along with Larry Matisic. I think he'll drop off as well because that that category is obviously loaded as well. All right, uh, Bix, any more thoughts before we get out of here? Um, I think that's probably about it. I mean, I'm a little, I'm a little sad that who did I send to? I'm trying to remember who I requested Dave add last year because I think I put, <laughs> I think I put, I think I did put Junkyard Dog. Or if I didn't, it was because I already knew that he was going to be added. Uh, but I think I'm trying to remember. I know I put because because with Aptor and Stanley Weston being on there, I think I put in Valente Perez who was the editor of Lucha Libre, which was the biggest of the Lucha Libre magazines for a long time. And I feel like I put in someone else who was not a rep- not a reporter. But, yeah, I, I'm really not sure how I'm going to vote yet. I I think no matter what, I'm going to keep Rock and Rolls and Cian Paris. And why am I feeling like, the, like there's a third one I voted for last year? Was that the only one I voted for last year? And then adding Murdoch, though, I think... I mean, I think that's what I'm going to do because, you know, Murdoch was like, you know, if if I voted, you know, I voted for ten last year. I think he was my eleventh. But I don't like being forced to do it because mm-hmm. with Murdoch, I guess I always kind of have the feeling like, oh, well, I can always vote. For, you know, he's always he's going to be there. 
<laughs> so, and that's that's exactly the same thing that happens in in, in the baseball hall of fame. That's why I think it's it, while I don't really totally agree with the rule, I think it's an f- interesting rule that, that Dave's kind of putting in there because it does add a whole oh, yeah. different dynamic to the voting period. Because we get that with baseball too, where people just say, oh, "I'll vote Tim Raines in next year. I'll vote him in next year. I'll vote him in next year." And then it comes down to, "Okay, look, this is his last year," and then everybody goes, "Oh crap, you got to put you know blank blank in." You Burt Island has to be all of, but people just sort of did the same thing like you did, saying, "Ah, you know what? Not right now, but eventually down the road." And then you get to this this wall, and it's like, "Oh crap!" Now we need to you know. Now I need to actually do it. So it's 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 going to add a lot of debate and a lot of arguments. But I think it's an I I, I like it as an addition. I do I really get do. why that even if even though I don't really like it, I get it. Yeah. Now, you re- I, what happens is you reach the end of that road, but you you didn't know 15 years earlier what the road was going to look like at that time. So sure. you keep putting it off, and then you can't see. I don't mind it. I do think the ballot was getting cluttered, and I think something had to be done. Mm-hmm. I think this was a nice sort of uh, happy medium. Because, you know, like I said, you know, it puts you on the chopping block, but you can still hang around if you're close. So it's a little. Is 50 too much for you? Would you do maybe a 40 percent? I would have done 50 or 45. I mean, excuse me, 45 mm-hmm. or 40. OK, yeah, I, I think 40 would have probably been a little bit better, but I'm OK with it. I yeah, sort of get why he did 50, though, because it's still the majority. Like the whole thing where he decided to give Benoit an asterisk because it was over 50, but it wasn't the 60 he needed to kick him out. You want That's it to probably, be re- you want it yeah. to be a reasonably high number. I mean, you, you don't want to make it too easy because then you're not really solving your problem. I mean, because then at that point, you're really only eliminating people that are between 10 and 30 percent. What's the point? You're eliminating like five people a year. Uh, so you need to make it a somewhat reasonably high number, just so you're you're you are purging the roster, the uh, the list of candidates, which is the goal here. Because it, the only reason this is being done is because the ballot was cluttered. Yeah. So I now guess. Go ahead. The question I have for you guys before we finish up, and of course we went long being that this is both a Voices of Wrestling podcast and a podcast <laughs> I am on, so. Um, <laughs> we thought we could do an hour. What what idiots we were to thinking that we could wrap this thing up in an well, hour. because we thought yeah. we were going to keep it so basic and not really delve Oh, right, into. yeah, of course. And then we spent 40 minutes breaking down Larry Madison, okay. so yeah. Do you, do you think this could push Mula in? I mean, she was at 32% last year. Actually, you know mm-hmm. what? She was identical to the year before in terms of percent. Yeah, she she's always stays the same. Yeah, and I think the year before she was around 32 as okay, well. Okay, so I, I mean, there's more. I mean, the thing is, there's more voters. So if she he had a lot of voters last year though, so that could those could be people who maybe would be inclined now that she's getting kicked out. You just don't know, and I am worried that she's going to go in because she's really. I, this is the part I didn't delve into earlier. She's not a good candidate. She. She is there because she's old and she was considered a legend by WWE. And that's she was, you know, she was this old person who had a tight, she had a belt that she owned that she kept being the champion of for 30 years. And then she was on WWE TV and she, that's it. She never drew money. She made, she made it that rest, women's wrestling in the U.S. became less of a drawing attraction. She made it that it became less of a serious in ring product that could draw. All it is is that she was an influential, she was an influential backstage figure, but that was just because she owned the, po- yeah, but owned the belt or, and but because she, negative, yeah, it wasn't positive. Yeah, might not have, yeah she, you could argue it wasn't even positive influence. It, oh, it's absolutely running, negative she was, influence. She was running, oh yeah, no, she was, outwardly, outwardly negative. Right, she was running yeah. a little cartel. <laughs> so I mean, you know, it's supposed to be positive influence, and I think what you're trying to say in a nutshell is 
she just happened to be on WWE TV during the Hulk Hogan and during Steve Austin eras. And because <laughs> she was on TV during both of those immensely popular eras, it's not that she was just on TV during those two eras, but we were constantly told how much of a legend she was during those mm-hmm. two eras, which were the two most popular eras you know, in the history of the company, in the most popular company in the world. So there was a lot of things that lined up for her there, which make her seem like a bigger star than she really is. And Bix, I don't think you have anything to worry about because there's just far too much ground to make up. She's got to make up nearly 30% of the vote. Yeah, I, I would. In a, you know region, in a region, it, see, it's the region with the most voters too. So it, she needs the, uh, an incredibly oh, yeah. high volume number of voters to change their mind. And I just don't see that happening. The thing that worries me is Jim Cornette votes for her and I would think he would know better. And I remember he got really <laughs> angry at me about this. You, you would? Really? I would think for this, for just basic wrestling <laughs> history stuff, I would think expect it. Yeah, no, I, I got it. Yeah. Yes. Because he, and he's, he's a guy who's tried to do research like on like the, what was it? Oh, who was it? Mildred Burke versus Elvira Snodgrass, the match that had the legend of being like the biggest gate or not, maybe not biggest gate, biggest crowd in the history of Louisville. And then it turned out maybe it never really happened. So it's like, he knows this stuff. And what is his... I don't get why... He knows she didn't draw. He knows certainly knows she was not a good worker. What? Why? What? I mean, <laughs> Steve I mean, is certainly just, a better yeah. candidate. It's kind of scary that they're so close. I think Joe's right on the money of you, you sort of... She's old, and when you watch, I mean, I initially when I watched, not knowing the research as a kid, kind of growing up, you know, I'm 27 right now, you know, watching WWE television and the way she would come out and they would say, the legendary, you know, the, the women's champion for 30 years or whatever the hell they used to say. And I was like, whoa, that's awesome. You're like, whoa. And then then you research and what she really does. And it's, it's I think so many people have heard this sort of narrative that WWE's put forth with her and that, that a lot of people still sort of just spout out without really doing the research and looking at, well, the reason she was champion for 45 years because she, you know, she owned the belt and did the booking and did the, you know, it's, it's just, it, it's very, very, and yeah. It was, I, I think, Rich, it was during Hulkamania and the Attitude Era. Which I is agree, yeah, and that's what I mean. I, I Growing up for me, you know, I'm, I'm 12 or 13 when, when during the Attitude Era and Mula comes out and they talk about all this stuff. And I think, I'm, you know, in my brain, she's, wow, this is a legendary, you know, women's wrestler or whatever. Then you look back and, and it's nothing. And if you read WWE books and stuff too, they do the same thing. They portray her as this just gigantic women's wrestling star. And it was like, well, no, I mean, not at all in, in no way whatsoever. So no, I think it is a lot of just the narrative and people just sort of, as we mentioned, there's a lot of uninformed voters that go, wow, yeah, I've heard of Fabulous Mula, <laughs> check, you know. And that's it. And so, but I, I, I can't see her getting any. There's not enough near. of those. I don't see it. Even, yeah, I, I, it, it's, yeah. it seems as though he's added a bunch of new voters again because, you know, Brian Rose got a vote. Puro Yotsume uh, got, we know of people who have, who were added this year. Uh, so a bunch of new people got ballots, not putting salt in the wound, Rich. I'm just, you know, stating, okay. a, stating a fact right. here. Uh, so I see what Bix is saying. <laughs> a lot of those newer voters, you know, may be swept up in all of that stuff that we've been sort of talking about. But I don't know. I don't think we're giving enough people credit. I think I think people are smarter than we think. Otherwise, she would have been in. She would have gotten a lot closer to getting in by now. She's got a long way to go. I mean, she's 30 percent off. I just yeah. don't see it happening. Yeah, I mean, the one. And then the older uh, God, you guys are going to do like three hours of audio about after this, and you guys are going to have laryngitis for the next week. But we're used to it. Honestly, I feel I, I feel bad, Jim. Like I know this was envisioned last year. I feel bad that Jimmy Hart was not put in the first class because I feel like I you you think about it, and it was just the fact is no one remembered that he was not in until last year. That's right. why he went on the ballot. Right. 
and I know that the, you know this this was supposed to be out the new stuff, but I'm just looking at this as we were finishing up, and I'm like, if he's that's why he was not in, but <laughs> I don't understand it. I voted for him. Uh, you can't blame me, and I'm gonna vote for him again. Uh, you know, it's 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 you know for Memphis alone. Uh, you know, for, for everything else is just you know whatever else you think of the rest of his career to me is just extra. I mean, I believe yeah, it belongs sure, in yeah, uh, for Memphis alone. So I I I really don't understand it either. Um, and I think he has a pretty good shot, honestly. Yeah, what was he last year? Do we? Uh, did, he we, was. He did not do that that great. He did solid. He did thirty four. Uh, thirty four. Yeah, he was thirty four percent. He didn't so. do as well as I thought. I thought he was in the. Yeah, I thought he did better than too. Yeah, I thought he was in the <laughs> high forties, but I guess I was wrong. I don't. Continuing the uh, Jimmy Hart should have gotten more, huh? <laughs> like everybody's just kind of. I don't get it. Agrees I mean, that he should get more, but nobody seems to want to. People do it, just so. remember, you know, him running behind Hogan, fighting the Dungeon of Doom. I, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> it must be it. You know, it's like. It's like the Ken Patera thing, the people who push for Patera. It's like a lot, you know, the fear is a lot of people are only considering the post-prison portion of his career because that's what they remember. Um, so I don't know. Maybe it's the same thing with Jimmy Hart. Maybe just, be, you know, people have WCW and the end of, you know, the, the end of the WWF era with the Nasty Boys and things like that. And they just maybe they don't know much about, you know, Memphis and what he meant to that territory. So I don't know. I'm going to keep voting for him, though. If his name is on there, I'm going to vote for him. Uh-huh. Well. I'm sure you guys are going to have me back on, and I don't want you two to die tonight. <laughs> it's it's going to be a very busy month, so uh, Vix, so we thank you again, of course. Uh, you want to get your plugs out of the way here real quick? Yes, of course. You can follow me on Twitter at David Bix. Um, right now, I guess my sort of main gig is U.S. editor of WhatCulture.com, mix of WWE slash pro wrestling, whatever you want to call it. It's, it's a website that covers more than just WWE, so at the top it says WWE because, well, why wouldn't we do that? <laughs> uh, so what culture is the main gig, but also some non-wrestling stuff going on there now, as well as, of course, I guess I'm the lead writer of Figure Four Weekly at WrestlingObserver.com. Subscribe. I don't think there's a comment box. If there is, if you're not a subscriber and there is a comment box, say something nice when you're, about me when you're subscribing. That'll, that'll, that'll be good. And, uh, <laughs> and of course, monthly contributor Fighting Spirit Magazine, the latest issue, I have a very... A, Fairly lengthy profile about Vince Russo, which I've, I don't know if either of you have read yet. But I have not so, yet. It's on the to-do list. Feel yeah. free to shower with praise. Uh, but <laughs> otherwise, uh, got some stuff I'm trying to work on, but nothing that's going as of right now. Uh, so, yeah, I guess that's about it for the plugs. Follow me on Twitter. Get me my follower account higher. It's been going up. It's been creeping up a little bit. It's not, not enough. It's the whole thing. <laughs> Bleacher Bleacher Report. As much as I, I like working there, Bleacher Report's not the best. Was not the best place for gaining Twitter followers. No, no, not at all. But no, we we appreciate you coming on here and jumping on. Yeah, we will definitely be tapping into you a little bit later uh, as we continue our coverage of the Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame. Bix, thanks for joining us. My pleasure. Farmers Insurance knows that when you're in the car and that song comes on. No, not that one. Ah, yes, that's the one. You have no choice but to pull out your imaginary drumsticks and smash those cymbals and stomp on that kick pedal. 
which unfortunately is also known as the accelerator pedal. And we covered it. At Farmers, we know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two. Click for more. We are Farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Underwritten by Farmers Truck Fire Insurance Exchanges and Affiliates. Products not available in every state.